Bernie and Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. From father to son, the blood runs down. I love the fact, Lou, that you love songs like this, Red Hill Mining Town from U2. I mean, everybody knows Pride in the Name of Love and, I guess, on Sunday Bloody Sunday and New Year's Day. But when you get to the nitty-gritty stuff, like this song right here, Red Hill Mining Town, that's a great song, or In God's Country, or even Van Diemen's Land, the only song that The Edge actually sings. For 40. That's a great song. Or Out of Control. That one I don't know. You don't know. Is that on? That's not off the. That's early stuff. That maybe War, Boy. It's earlier than that, Boy. I yeah, think. maybe Boy. Yeah. I mean, the first song they had that became really famous was "I Will Follow." That was they performed that live at Red Rocks in Colorado. But uh, that's when I know you're you're a real U2 fan. Is when I go Red Hill Mining Town. You go, I love that song. I do. I know you do. It's a great song. I do. I believe that one was on. No, it was not the Joshua Tree. It was uh, Rattle and Hum I want to go with. You were right the first time. It was the Joshua Tree, huh? Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we uh, we got such a great show for you today. This is, this is going to be one of the biggest rated shows in the history of mornings. I really believe that's the case. I really believe it. I mean, you look at the guest list today, starting with Judge Napolitano coming up at 7.05. He's always terrific. Curtis Sliwa. Coming up at 7.25, the great mayor himself, Rudy Giuliani, coming up at 7.40. Rudy really here this morning for two reasons. One, of course, to go over Election Day. But secondly, because he is the greatest mayor in the history of this city. And no one will ever, ever compete with that. Nobody. But the actual current mayor, Eric Adams is uh, going to have dinner with me and my beautiful wife, Danielle, later on tonight. So that is actually happening. We've been talking about this uh, for months, it seems like. I remember asking Bernie one time off there, you think it's a good idea? He goes, yeah, do it. Why not? Why not? See what he has to say. So it's happening tonight, 745. Mayor Eric Adams, Sid and Danielle Rosenberg. I've got a ton of questions already. I got people that are DMing me on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Twitter, of course, at Sid Rosenberg. Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. Pat Russo, great um, cop, does all those boxing things for the kids. He sent me a long text yesterday. I got people sending me notes 
what they want me to ask the mayor later on tonight. Danielle says to me last night, she goes, well, what is this? What's going to happen tomorrow night? Like, is this a, hi, good to see you? I'm like, no, no. This is, yeah, I mean, a little bit of, hi, good to see you. There was a time when he was the Brooklyn Borough president where Bernie and Sid were friends with Eric Adams, legitimately friendly. That went away when he became mayor and uh, really dove in with this wicked Kathy Hochul and did nothing about the crime issue here. Wore a lot of nice suits and does great jobs at press conferences, but has really not done much as mayor. So all that goodwill when he was Brooklyn Borough president is gone, long gone. And I was the one, if you listen to this show religiously, I was the one who started it. Bernie in the beginning was like, no, give him a chance. Better than de Blasio. I'm like, who cares? Better than de Blasio? What does that mean? Have to wait. I must have said a hundred times, Bernard, he better be significantly better than de Blasio because de Blasio was so bad. Being better than de Blasio means you're still a bad mayor. He better be significantly better. And he hasn't been. So tonight is going to be some of that. Hey, Eric. I know people hate when I do that. Mr. Mayor, please. Um, here's the deal. This is what I'm not happy about. This is what my listeners, hundreds of thousands of them, that's a fact, don't like. And we'll have a nice back and forth, enjoy a nice fried calamari, and a good chicken parmesan. Are they going to frisky when you walk in? There's no stopping frisky. He doesn't do that. Okay. No, that's right. We'll stop questioning. We'll talk about that, right? We'll do that. Catch and release. Stop stop and frisk. Broken windows. Danielle's not going to want that. That's for sure. Well, you know, Danielle is more liberal than I am. You know that. And um, she's going to be doing the boogaloo, I think, (laughs) at my table. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Eric Adams probably tried to hire her. You know, eyeing her all night long. Beautiful girl. Hey, you want to work in, <laughs> take I, Eric Orange's old job. You know, you could pivot <laughs> and shift over to my office. <laughs> I think that would work uh, out fine. Well, anyway. <laughs> so Rudy's going to come on today. We'll talk about that later on tonight. Then you get uh, Bill O'Reilly at 840. There's not a segment on this station, and this is a statistical fact. There is not a segment on this station, on any show, that comes close to the ratings that we get when Bill is here on Thursday mornings. So he'll be here at 840, and then the coup de grace, if you will, coming up at 905, Lee Zeldin. Now, as far as I know, and I could be wrong, I probably am wrong, but as far as I know, this will be the first post-loss interview that Zeldin does. And, of course, he was on with me just about every week the last couple of months. You know how close Zeldin and Rosenberg are. So he's going to come on at 9.05 and thank everybody, I would imagine, for the support. Uh, my listeners showed him. The station showed him. I showed him. And in the end, we talked about this yesterday. I know Lee talked about it, too, in his press release. Lee Zeldin may have lost his race to Kathy Hochul. But Lee Zeldin uh, made sure that lots of other folks won. When you look down that ticket especially Long Island, folks like D'Esposito, Pete King's guy, he gets the win. George Santos on Long Island over Zimmerman, he gets the win. So a lot of these other seats, don't forget, New York flipped four congressional seats 
the two guys I just mentioned on Long Island. Then you include Mark Molinaro. I know I'm missing. Oh, oh uh, what's his name? Um, the guy that beat Sean Patrick Maloney, Mike Lawler. All that, the credit does go to Lee Zeldin. So Zeldin may have lost. He did lose. But look at all the victories Republicans enjoyed in this state with Lee Zeldin at the top of the ticket. So he's got to take some solace, has to be proud of his party's showing, which I really do believe is a direct result of Lee Zeldin's run and his tremendous campaign. I mean, he did lose, but he lost by a couple of points in a race he should never be competitive in. It doesn't matter what the policies are, folks. I've been saying this for days. Went back and forth with Lydia yesterday. Abortion, it doesn't matter. Whether it's abortion, gun laws, it doesn't matter. Democrats running for that office just don't lose. Right? you got to go back to George Pataki. Lee Zeldin had the best run, got the most votes for a Republican in this state since Nelson Rockefeller. Stop talking about abortion. That's not why he lost. He lost because the numbers just don't add up. It's just almost impossible. And yet, yet he made it a close race. You know why? Because nobody cares about abortion. Because the real stuff we care about, crime, taxes, those types of issues, nearly got Lee Zeldin the win. I felt like Lydia yesterday was, was concentrating on why he lost. That's not the, the issue here. We, we, of course he was going to lose. But he made it close because he talked about the issues we actually care about, which is not abortion. And he ran a great race. So New York ends up having a really good day. We're all in mourning, I know that, but New York had a really good day because of Zeldin's name at the top of the ticket. So we'll talk to Lee coming up at 9.05. That makes sense, right, Lou? I mean... No, I hear what you're saying. That's probably... There's a lot of theories, though. Everybody has a theory about why. Yeah, but not everybody's smart, so... No, that's right. You you got the... Yeah, I'm smarter. Yeah. Where I is actually... the other... Where's Phil uh, Macedonia, Phil, with the damn cut sheet? You know, there was a couple of prominent people on yesterday <laughs> yeah. that... Uh, was was on jumping off the Trump bandwagon. I don't know if you heard. You better cut that out, bro. What? Yeah, Bo Deedle. No, Pete no, no, King. no, no. I'm going to tell you a couple of other. Yeah. One of your guys, yes, Dove Hiking. He's off the Trump bandwagon. Oh, he was railing. What that. show was that on? He was on uh, Brian after us. Oh, he was. Yes. No, listen. That is. Well, he he played a cut. I'll right. find it. That, that's you. that's the new thing. That that's it. I love DeSantis. I hate Donald Trump. That's the new thing. I'm telling you, folks. I get it. I hear you. It's a dangerous game. It was about his announcement coming up. Like, what what is he doing? It's not about you. Well, you are killing. You're killing us right now during the yeah, midterms. Yeah. I'm just. Bringing it up. I understand. So, oh, again, Bo made the same point. Pete King. Rich Lowry said it, too. He'd like, please hold off on your announcement, please, for like a few weeks. Well, this is not the time because Georgia has not been settled well, yet. Well, that's, that's the issue. So Georgia may not be settled until December the 6th. And I said this yesterday. I did say this. And I support Trump all the way and still do. But I love Ron DeSantis. But I support Trump. Right now, we need to worry about taking back the Senate. Bottom line, it's not about the presidential race in 2024 when the Senate is going to be decided in about two weeks. So if you're a Republican, or a Democrat for that matter, the concentration needs to be on Georgia 
until December the 6th. And the person that echoed that same sentiment after I said it 8 o'clock yesterday morning, Kaylee McEnany, who used to work for Donald Trump, she made the same point on Fox News. Lewis, play this. This is Kaylee McEnany, cut number 16. Every ounce of Republican energy, every last ounce, needs to go into that Georgia race because it could potentially be what makes or breaks the Senate, Mm -hmm. getting Herschel Walker over the finish line. I know there's a temptation to start talking about 2024. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. 2022 is not over. Great point. Every Republican energy needs to go to grinding the Biden agenda to a halt, and that could go straight through the state of Georgia. Does that include Trump? I think he needs to put it on pause. Absolutely. Look, he'll make that decision. He'll make his own decision. But does he go to Georgia? If I'm advising any contender, DeSantis, Trump, whomever, no one announces 2024 until we get through December 6th. She makes a good point. It ain't never going to happen. I mean, Donald Trump nearly made the announcement on Election Day after telling everybody he was going to wait till after Election Day. Now he's all set to make the announcement on November the 15th. Now they're going to tell him, wait till December 6th. I can't see in a million years Donald Trump doing that. I got to think he makes the announcement before. I could be wrong. But it's not like Donald Trump listens to advisors or Kaylee McEnany or anybody else. But I loved Grant Stinchfield's take. Grant used to work at Newsmax. He did the 8 p.m. weeknight show. He was up against Tucker Carlson. He was getting killed but still getting numbers, even up against Tucker But they still fired him because, according to Grant Stinchfield, Newsmax wanted him to go on the air and kill Tucker. He's like, I'm not doing it. He actually said, we played the quote, Tucker Carlson is the second most powerful Republican in the country after Donald Trump. He actually said that. He goes, I'm not going to kill the guy. He's, He's a hero. He's a great American. So they fired him. But his Instagram page is still great. In fact, he's coming on this show tomorrow. And he did a whole little bit yesterday about Trump and DeSantis, and he sounded like me, and people that are not jumping off the Donald Trump bandwagon just so quickly. Lewis, this is Grant Stinchfield, cut number 11. So what a night in Florida last night, and a huge congratulations to Ron DeSantis and the other Republicans in that state for really securing it as a deep red state. But I do not like to see a potential feud. I'm not even going to say there's a feud yet, but a potential feud between Governor Ron DeSantis, who is a beast, and President Trump, who is an even bigger beast. So let me remind you of a very simple fact here. Every Trump supporter loves Ron DeSantis. Every one of us. Not every Ron DeSantis supporter loves President Trump. Great point. Most of them do, but not everyone. So who stands the most to lose here if this was a fight that brewed into something, into a war? Ron DeSantis does. So, Governor, let me offer up humbly some advice to you. You're still young. Form a coalition with President Trump. Unify with him. Get him on your side. You have six years. We get President Trump into office. You serve another four years as governor. And then you have two years to campaign for the presidency and make it the one-two punch from conservative heaven. Let's unify this party, not tear it apart. A war between these two behemoths would be devastating to our party, and I'm telling you, devastating to Ron DeSantis. That I promise you. President Trump is too tough. He's right about all that. Now, the only issue I've got with what he said was the guy that's really been the aggressor here, the guy that's 
really the instigator has been Trump, not DeSantis. So it's not about Ron DeSantis coming down with Donald Trump. It's the other way around. But, but his point is well taken. Ron DeSantis, a very impressive win in Florida. But folks, don't be ignorant. Don't be confused here. Trump versus DeSantis today is a Trump knockout win as quickly as Mike Tyson knocked out Michael Spinks. That's a fact. That may change in two years, but right now, Trump's our guy. That's the bottom line. Okay, again, Judge Napolitano, Curtis Sliwa, Rudy Giuliani, Bill O'Reilly, and Lee Zeldin all on this show this morning, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Mornings with me, Sid. Only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Link is lost, chain under. We wait all day for night to come. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm naked. Seizing all morning on Donald Trump, the MAGA midterm meltdown. Seems like we talked a lot about Trump yesterday here on this show, too. That's just the way it goes. So people want to talk about Donald Trump. Donald Trump blamed Melania for the loss. No, Pennsylvania. He's mad at Melania because she convinced him to back Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, and he got embarrassed. It's Melania's fault. Donald Trump blamed his own wife. So now they've got this uh, Carter Page on, I guess. I don't know. Talking about the uh, Trump. Trump did speak on that news station, News Nation. That's the one that Chris Cuomo's on and I guess Dan Abrams, Ashley Banfield, a host of others. And Bill O'Reilly's on that station with Chris Cuomo every week. And Trump was a guest on election night. I don't know who the host was. Some attractive blonde lady. Who was that, uh, Macedonia Phil? The lady who interviewed Donald Trump? What? Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> Lewis, this is cut number 12, and Trump is talking specifically about Ron DeSantis. And um, as only Donald Trump does, he, he says, I made the guy. It wasn't about him. It was about me. So as everybody was celebrating this huge night in the state of Florida, Marco Rubio beating Val Demings and the very impressive win by Ron DeSantis over Charlie Crist. Donald Trump made it very, very clear, folks, 
this win tonight was about me. Cut number 12. Ron is a person, I've always had a decent relationship with him, but when I endorsed him, he was, he was gone. He was not going to be able to even be a factor in the race. And as soon as I endorsed him, within moments, he, the race was over. I got him the nomination. He didn't get it. I got it. Because the minute I made that endorsement, he got it. Then he ran, and he wasn't supposed to be able to win. I did two rallies. We had 52,000 people each one. And we ended up, he won. And I thought that he could have been more gracious, but that's up to him. See, it sounds douchey. There's no question about it. Oh, no. But it's true. It's I mean, not douchey But at all. it's true. Ron DeSantis was a nobody. Gillum would have killed him down in Florida. He would have killed him. It was Trump who made him. Now, again, this is years later. Ron DeSantis at this point has clearly, clearly distinguished himself as a big-time guy. And at some point, you got to give Ron DeSantis credit. We made the analogy yesterday. I misgave me my chance. But it became clear after a couple of years, I had the talent to be a big star, Alan Snippen, with or without Don Imus. So it's great when somebody gives you a chance. But if you've got the talent or you're good at what you do, that's how you maintain. And Ron DeSantis has proven that. So I think we're kind of past the point where Donald Trump needs to continue to look for praise. Instead, he should say, I gave this guy a chance, and he's a legitimate rock star. But Trump is such a douchebag that he can't do it. See, I always admitted from day one, that's Donald Trump. But don't confuse the issue. That's exactly the guy you need to be president. You don't need a nice guy. You don't want that guy because Putin's not a very nice guy. And Kim Jong-un in North Korea is not a very nice guy. And Xi Jinping in China is not a very nice guy. We don't need a nice guy. We need a prick. And Donald Trump is that to the nth degree. That's why he was a great president. Not good. Great. For three and a half years until COVID hit. And that's why if he wins again in 2024, he'll be a great president again. But I'm on record from day one saying the guy is a complete a-hole. I don't care. Yeah, to them, he should be. To those people, he should be. To uh, to Kim Jong-un, be a prick. I understand he can't. Be a Florida guy. I get it. I get it. But that's, but this, listen, these, those are his flaws. That's what you get with this package. You want a great president. You want a guy that people around the world they're going to intimidate, be intimidated, whatever it is. Yeah, I love that part of well, it. Well, that's, well, this is the package. Okay. So now you can say, well, DeSantis has the same policies, which he does, and says the same things without being a jerk. And all that is true. But DeSantis hasn't done anything. He's governed one state. He hasn't led the world. Give me the guy that's already won. You don't got to like him. He's won. DeSantis hasn't done it. Hasn't come close. Governing the state of Florida is, not, is, is nothing compared to running this country. So you got to take the good and the bad. There's plenty of bad. But the good, I believe, in Donald Trump's case, outweighs the bad. And I still don't know whether or not Ron DeSantis will be a good president. I know for a fact. How do I know? He's done it. Like the Pat McEnroe conversation. How do you know there wouldn't be a war in, in Ukraine? Well... Because he was president for four years, and Putin never did it, Pat McEnroe. Dummy. 
China wasn't going to invade Taiwan when President Trump was there. How do I know that? Because he was there for four years. These are not hypotheticals. These are not guesses. I've got four years of a resume that says all these people around the world that all of a sudden are so competent these days weren't so competent when whack job Trump was the president of this country. That's not up for debate. That's a fact. I've got four years of proof. No? No? That, that, that Pat McEnroe conversation is going to stay for a Oh, while. forever. Because it was so stupid. Like, how do you know? Well, I know because he was president. That's how I know, right? Like, if he never won Trump and he just said, if I was president, it would never happen, then McEnroe can make that point. But he was president. It didn't happen. Okay, Sid, you don't know what you're talking about. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Sid Go back and talk sports on WFAN. You're clearly out of your league on this one. <laughs> we got a huge guest list. It all starts at 7.05. Very excited about that. Some big names today, including Curtis Sliwa. Rudy Giuliani, Bill O'Reilly, and Lee Zeldin. Traffic and sports also coming up next. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Cut to the Chase with our friend Laura Curran on the Red Apple Podcast Network. An unflinching look at important issues affecting our lives no matter what your politics are. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here Laura says Democrats are using Fear tactics. What I'm hearing from a lot of people, and, and I'm talking to a lot of Democrats, is that the Democratic messaging is really out of touch with where people are. And there is a sense of frustration and anxiety that, oh my God, we could lose a lot. So, what do we have to do in the last days to get people motivated? To vote. And I do see a lot of fear tactics being used. You know, Trump's going to come back and you're going to lose this and you're going to lose that. This is Sid on Sports. Oh my goodness! Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Find them today, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. So the Brooklyn Nets went out yesterday afternoon and named a new coach. And then hours after that, throttled my New York Knickerbockers. Here's Justin Ellick with all the details. Well, thank you, City. Yes, Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Indeed, the Nets did run roughshod on the Knicks to the tune of a 112-85 final score. Brooklyn rallied around the promotion of their new head coach, Jacques Vaughn, and showed the basketball world that despite their early season struggles, they are still the Knicks' daddy, pulling away by as much as 30 points after a Seth Curry three-ball halfway through the fourth. What would the Nets be? What would a Nets win be? Excuse me, without Kevin Durant doing Kevin Durant things, he clocked out with a 29-point triple-double to become the first player since Michael Jordan to, its, uh, to score at least 25 points in each of his team's first 12 games. Here was KD following the game on the rivalry with the Knicks. Regardless, uh, each team's record is always going to be a rivalry because of the fans here in New York City. They're so passionate and they love sports so much. So as long as I got a Nets jersey on, if I see a, a Knicks fan, I'm always going to throw some thumbs down or just give them some shit about being a Knicks fan. So uh, it only adds to the rivalry and fans feel more engaged if they see a player engaging in the rivalry as well. So it's all in fun. You gotta like the fire. Don't look now, but there might be some light at the end of this early season tunnel that Brooklyn has found itself in. No local action on the ice last night, but all three teams do indeed play tonight. The Rangers, they have a 7 p.m. ice time in Detroit with the Red Wings, while the Devils will join the Blue Shirts in at that time slot at home against the Ottawa Senators. As for the Islanders, they'll be home in Elmont. 
for welcoming the Arizona Coyotes at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And just like that, we've hit double digits on the NFL calendar. Week 10 set to get underway tonight in Carolina. The Atlanta Falcons will pay the Panthers a visit on Thursday Night Football, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Kickoff set for 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on Prime Video. Here with your bottom-of-the-hour sports update. Again, thanks to Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. He promised to have an infrastructure week. For four years, he promised infrastructure. Unforgettable Fire, another great U2 album. This is the uh, the actual song, Unforgettable Fire. 6.42 on your Thursday morning. Back here with Sid. we got a huge show coming up, 7.05. Judge Napolitano will be here. 7.25, Curtis Sliwa. He is not happy about my dinner tonight with Mayor Eric Adams. We'll talk to Curtis coming up at 7.25. Mayor Rudy Giuliani, he may not be happy either. He's coming up at 7.40. The great Bill O'Reilly Coming up at 8.40, and I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe Lee Zeldin's first radio appearance since his concession, I guess, speech yesterday comes up with me at 9.05 this morning. So you played a Joe Biden cut there uh, at the beginning of the song, another Joe Biden gaffe. Well, Biden spoke yesterday at the White House, and it was a mess. No way. It was a mess. I don't understand... Maybe you guys can help me. Look, we did not get the red wave we expected. Jesse Waters talking about 54 seats. You didn't get it. All right. But last I checked, if Herschel Walker, that Mensa, is able to beat out Warnock in this Georgia runoff on December the 6th, then the Republicans gain majority of the Senate. We're going to win the House Say goodbye to Nancy Pelosi. So what am I missing here? How was Tuesday a win for the Democrats? If you thought it was going to be worse, then I guess you can take a moral victory there. But they lost the House. They are inches away from losing the Senate. Every poll for the presidency in 2024 has a Republican winning so why would Joe Biden, or any Democrat for that matter, act as if yesterday things are great? Now, look, if Warnock wins, then the Democrats retain the Senate majority. And then it really is a, a good day. But at this point, losing the House, the real possibility of losing the Senate, even here in New York, four congressional seats flip to Republican. 
I know the gubernatorial races did go their way. Whitmer won in Michigan. Evil Kathy Hochul won here. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Carrie Lake in Arizona. But what exactly, Lou, is Joe Biden and these Democrats, what are they beating their chests over? They still had a lousy day. Am I missing something? What am I missing? You're missing. It's it's hard to to explain in just one sentence exactly uh, what you're missing. Yeah, it's, it's you're missing. Well, maybe Biden can do it for me. Maybe, might, maybe Biden can explain it. Because no. I don't, I don't no. know. Well, I got ten cuts here, so we might as well talk about the. Um, I guess uh, DeSantis and those types of folks. Donald Trump. Uh, I want to get to something here, where he talks about how well they did. Um, okay, let's go to Biden number nine, because you know that the rumors have been once the Republicans take over the House, which we've done, that impeachment is right around the corner. Impeach this bastard, Joe Biden, which will make me really, really happy. So uh, let's go to Joe Biden nine, because Lewis, he speaks on that in this cut. Joe Biden number nine. Republicans have made it clear that if they do take control of the House, that they want to launch a raft of investigations on day one into your handling of Afghanistan, the border. Uh, They want to look into some of your cabinet officials. They want to investigate you. They may even want to investigate your son. What's your message to Republicans who are considering investigating your family and particularly your son Hunter's business dealings? Lots of luck in your senior year, as my coach used to say. Look, um, I think the American public wants to move on and get well, things done for them. Yeah, right. And, uh, you, you know, it. I heard that there were, uh, it was reported, whether it's accurate or not, I'm not sure, but it was reported many times that Republicans were saying, and the former president said, how many times are you going to impeach Biden? You know, impeachment proceeding against Biden. I mean, I think, the re- I think the American people will look at all of that for what it is. What is it's it? It's just uh, I'm almost comedy. I mean... It's, uh, but, you know, look, I can't control what they're going to do. All I can do is continue to try to make life better for the American people. Right, which you're failing at miserably, and we're going to beat your ass. You corrupt, stupid, old, feeble bastard. We're going after you. How about that? Oh, here it is. Here's where he talked about yesterday being a great day for democracy, and it was because, again, it was a better day for the Republicans. But Joe Biden hasn't figured that out yet. This is Joe Biden, cut number two. Well, we had an election yesterday. And uh, it was a good day, I think, for democracy. It was. And I think it was a good day for America. Excuse me, I have a little horse. Our democracy has been tested in recent years, but uh, with their votes, uh, the American people have spoken and proven once again That? that democracy is who we are. Right. That you lost the House. Once again, you're a pubic hair away from losing the Senate. So, yes, the people have spoken. We're sick of Democrats, Joe Biden. Got that, Jack. Then he's still talking about unity. This guy is still talking about unity. He can't get through a speech without saying the word MAGA. Every time he says the word MAGA, you folks need to listen to this, okay? Every time he says the word MAGA, I'm not Joe the Box, who I love dearly, love him dearly. I'm not Andrew Giuliani. I'm not hanging out with Steve Bannon. Okay, I'm your everyday regular guy who enjoys politics like I do sports, who's come to the realization that politics are very important. And I'm a Republican because of two things, mostly because I hate what the Democrats stand for. Hate it. So I'm not this MAGA extreme. 
I'm a regular guy who once again has come to the realization Republicans are the lesser of the two evils. But every time Joe Biden goes out there and talks about the MAGAs, he's not talking specifically about QAnon. You know, he's not talking about some wacky Republican club on uh, in uptown uh, on the Upper East Side. He's talking about me. I'm a regular guy. I watch giant football on Sundays. I watch Wheel of Fortune. I'm not out there at rallies every day yelling and screaming. But he doesn't make that distinction. So he's basically saying 70 million Americans, 70 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump are no good. So when he uses that word unity, it makes me laugh. He's done anything but unified this country. I know Trump has done the same. I get it. I'm not stupid. Donald Trump is anything but a unifying force. But Joe Biden is no different. And he said it again yesterday after the midterms. This is Joe Biden, cut number three. I'm not going to change the direction. I said I ran for three reasons. I'm going to continue to stay where I am. And I know I fully understand the legitimate concern that what I'm saying is wrong, okay? One is that I said we're going to restore the soul of the country, begin to treat each other with decency, honor, and integrity. And it's starting to happen. People are st- what? The, the, the conversations are becoming more normal, Listen becoming more, Listen. more. how can I say it? Uh, how can you? Um, decent. Second thing I said was I want to build a country from the middle out, the bottom up, and that way everybody does fine. I'm tired of trickle down. Uh-huh. Not a whole lot trickles down when you trickle down to hardworking <laughs> folks. <laughs> the third thing I know is still very hard. I'm going to do everything in my power to see to unite the country. <laughs> it's hard to sustain yourself as a leading democracy in the world if you can't, ge- ge- can't generate some unity. So I'm not going to change anything in any fundamental way. So Kristen Walker is a young lady from NBC who's doing this interview, and I know Kristen just a little bit. In fact, I had breakfast with her at Hofstra the day that Trump and Clinton debated me and Bernie were there. She's okay, but she is what she is. She's at a lefty network NBC, and she's one of them. But she did ask Biden about running in 2024. And you know those two words that you play all the time that Biden has said in the past? Let everybody take a bet. You think you know what they are? I'm I know what they are. He ended the comment with those two words. This, Lewis, is Joe Biden, cut number five. Obviously a lot of attention on 2024 now that the votes have been cast in the midterms. Two-thirds of Americans in exit polls say that they don't think you should run for re-election. What is your message to them, and how does that factor into your final decision about whether or not to run for re-election? It doesn't. What's your message to them? To those two-thirds of Americans? Watch me. <laughs> he did it again. It. He did drink. it again. Drink. But he didn't whisper it this time. You know that creepy whisper he does? Watch me. Yeah, that one. <laughs> he didn't do it this time. Come on, said, over, kids. Watch, Watch me. me. Yeah. That's a threat, folks. That is not a promise. That's a threat. So then she goes on. I like this part. And she goes, you know, if, if you run, who do you think? Like a football game. You know when your team wins the game and you're ready for the playoffs? And it's like, well, would you rather face the Eagles or the 49ers next week? And every coach and player says the same thing. We don't care who we play. We're ready to win. It's always the same answer, even though you know they're like, I don't want to play the effing Eagles. So anyway, uh, Biden is asked by Welker, who would you rather go up against, Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis? Who would be the tougher competitor? 
And Joe Biden gave her a very predictable answer. This is cut number six. You saw Governor Ron DeSantis with a resounding victory in Florida uh, last night. Who do you think would be the tougher competitor, Ron DeSantis or former President Trump? And how is that factoring into your decision? It'll be fun watching them take on each other. Ah, it'll be fun watching them take on each other. And finally, he can't help himself speaking again, indicting Donald Trump. We got to make sure we Donald Trump stays away. One more cut. All this Biden at the White House, Kristen Walker, courtesy of NBC. We got to get Trump out of here. Joe Biden, cut number eight. G7 conversation was tied to your predecessor, who is about to launch another campaign. So how do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning, that the former president will not return, that his political movement, which is still very strong, uh, will not once again take power in the United (laughs) States? Well, um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power. Uh, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our constitution does not become the next president again. <laughs> okay, there you have it, folks. Like my buddy Harry Mays in Philadelphia just said, Joe Biden thinks he's Clint Eastwood. That wasn't Kristen Walker; that was somebody else. But that's a bunch of Joe Biden yesterday, and he's done. Bill O'Reilly says it all the time. He's done. It was still not a good day for the Democrats on Tuesday. Here in New York, it felt lousy for us, despite flipping four congressional seats, because we really cared mostly about the Zeldin Hochul race, and we lost that one. But the truth is, around the country, not a day for Joe Biden to be beating his chest. He doesn't know any better. So he's out there saying, what a great day for democracy. I couldn't agree more. Judge Andrew Napolitano coming up at 7.05. The always... Very entertaining Curtis Sliwa coming up at 725. America's Mayor, 3 p.m. every weekday on this station. The great Rudy Giuliani coming up at 740. At 840, the ratings highlight of the week, the best, Bill O'Reilly. And then, yes, his first radio appearance since his loss two days ago, our friend Lee Zeldin coming up at 905. All that right here with me, Sid, on a Thursday on Talk Radio 77. WABC. Watch me. <laughs> Do it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
All right, we start a uh, cavalcade of big-name guests now about to come your way. Curtis Sliwa once again coming up at 725. Mayor Rudy Giuliani coming up at 740. The great Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. And his first public radio appearance since the launch two days ago, my dear friend Lee Zeldin, is coming up at 905. But we start off with a uh, great guest, a guy that's been a friend of mine and over the years, Bernie, too, on this show quite a bit. And that is Judge Andrew Napolitano. Lots of legal issues surrounding Election Day two years ago. So here he is, two days ago, I should say, back on the morning show with me, Sid, Judge Napolitano. Judge, how are you, pal? Oh, I'm fine, my dear friend. Good morning. Uh, still missing Bernie. I, I know you hear this from a lot of people. Yep. My my years with him at uh, at Fox were very happy years. You know, he protected me from uh, the <laughs> I Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was his job. It's funny, no matter who comes on, whether it's Phil Sims or Jim Nance or you or a bevy of politicians, they all said the same thing. Bernie would call him and go, "Here's his mood today. Never good." But on certain days, worse than others. <laughs> I would... Exactly. <laughs> Here's the buttons you don't want to press. <laughs> right. No, he was good. Bernie was great with that. So I miss him, too. But uh, we, have, um, we have to move on. The show goes on. You know yes, how that goes. Yes, of course. And thank God the show is doing great when we have people like yes. you stopping by. Well, you're, very, you're very popular. Said. Thank you're you. Very, very popular in the New York City area. And I'm very happy for you. And I'm honored to play just a tiny little part with these times when you have me on. It's, oh, a, it's thank a joy. You. Thank you. I, I am good friends with all those people whose names you just listed, from Curtis to would-be Governor Lee Zeldin. How I wish how I wish he had made it. And yeah. I, I thought until early in the morning that he had it. But yeah. we have a monstrous uh, on our hands <laughs> whose, whose attitude about yeah. the right to keep and bear arms is I'm going to frustrate the Supreme Court. Yeah. And uh, she's lost two major uh, lawsuits, two major challenges to her efforts to stop people from carrying, uh, legally carrying guns already. She's going to lose a lot more. You know, talking about um, Zeldin and uh, Hochul, there seems to be a variety of opinions uh, as to why he lost. Uh, I am absolutely confident he lost because she's a Democrat in a state that's two to one. That's the bottom line. People say he should have mentioned abortion earlier. He should never have talked to Donald Trump. All these things to me are all excuses in a city and a state where it's almost impossible at this point for a Republican to win. Do you have any real opinion as to why he did lose? Well, I I wish that uh, the former president had not endorsed him. And I know there were people in uh, uh, Congressman Zeldin's camp who did not want that endorsement. And, of course, we know that uh, the governor's people made hay out of that. Hey, this is a Donald Trump accolade. Look, I know Congressman Zeldin well. I've interviewed him many times uh, when I was at Fox. Um, he He's from the George Pataki mold. He is a, a moderate Republican that uh, New York has proudly uh, produced. Uh, but this is not the George Pataki era. This is a very, very bitter, contentious era. And to get Democrats to vote for a Republican, y- you know, if you did a blind test, if you didn't say who they were voting for, and you just listed character, personality, background, um, uh, positions on the views, a lot more people would vote for him. But I agree with you, just because of that letter R is after his name or in the R column, uh, people in New York can't bring themselves to do that. You just can't. So I've got a really good friend, Judge Napolitano, running for assembly. He's still running because it's not over yet. In Queens, his name is Thomas Sullivan. This guy, Judge, actually fought in Kuwait 
Iraq, Afghanistan, happened to be at the World Trade Center on 9-11 and literally carried bodies, surviving people. Oh, my out God. Of the, yeah, yeah, this guy, I mean, when you talk about a movie material, this guy's a real hero. So he's running for assembly in Queens, right. and they've got about 98% of the votes in, and he's up about 250 votes. It's that close. And all of a sudden, they shut it down. And now, he told me last night, he may not find out until next Tuesday whether he wins or not. And he joked around and he said, well, I guess they're going to spend the next five days trying to find 300 votes. He laughed about it, but he was actually upset about it. What about that type of stuff after Election Day? He should, he should uh, bring an action uh, in New York State Supreme Court. Uh, and ask for a court-appointed monitor. I mean, these, the, the, the process of counting votes is a governmental function. And like nearly everything the government does, I'm not talking about um, national security secrets, I'm not talking about a judge in her chambers, but nearly everything the government does is open to transparency. So the, the court should appoint a monitor uh, for uh, potential Assemblyman uh, Sullivan, so that the monitor can see what these people are doing. They can't go behind closed doors and suddenly start <laughs> stuffing the ballot box. <laughs> I mean, uh, and if he has reason to believe that beyond just a general fear that they did it in the past, that might do it again, he's got to present those reasons to a judge, and they have to do it today. They have to do it right away. I totally agree. Times people come into court, yeah. and I'm saying it's too little and too late. You yeah. should have come here last week. Yeah. So they have to file that as soon as they have the suspicion. I think he. I think he is doing that. Uh, so uh, once again, now, you're look, right on the if money. It's a real uh, election board. Then there are Republicans on it. Uh, assuming um, Thomas is a Republican. Uh, then there are Republicans on it as well as Democrats. So as lawyers have to interview these Republicans. What are the Democrats doing? What is the chair doing? Why did they close it down? Why is it suddenly uh, behind closed doors? It's a governmental function. Under the law, the people are allowed to observe it. He is a Republican, by the way. You nailed that, too. Uh, so it was only about... Well, I suspected as much, yeah, we of wouldn't course. be having this issue. Exactly right. So it was it's only about... You know, and we shouldn't laugh at it because <laughs> I know. it undermines yep. democracy yep. when yep. these things happen. And there was a genuine fear from people on Tuesday. It was only about three hours in, Judge, to Election Day. My buddy Harry Mays in Philadelphia. Oh, my God, here we go again. The machines aren't working in Pennsylvania. The machines aren't working in Arizona. I mean, you would think at this point, honestly, you come in with voter ID, you, you vote, and it's really that simple. The fact that we're relying on some of this outdated machinery is really a joke in itself. But the fear on Tuesday, Judge, from people around this country that there was going to be some type of fix in on both sides, on both sides is something really we can do without. We certainly can do without. Now, look, if these problems occurred, we know what happened in uh, Maricopa County, uh, Arizona, where the machines didn't work for three hours, and then they suddenly worked, and they asked the, the judge, said, I'm not going to extend the voting time because I can't. Under Arizona law, I'm not, not allowed to do it. It's very frustrating. I have sat on election day on election matters, and some election days, nobody bothers you. Other election days, uh, you expect to be in your chambers working, doing paperwork. Other election days, I'm on the bench all day, and they're just marching right in. But the laws that the politicians have written uh, to protect themselves are very, very strict. It's a very, very narrow area uh, under which a judge can extend uh, the voting um, hours to, to keep the polls uh, open. 
But the fact that we all now expect these problems, and when they come, we're not surprised and not shocked anymore, is very, very uh, telling. I don't know what happened in Philly. Uh, Obviously, I wish there were a different outcome uh, in Pennsylvania. I don't believe that uh, Fetterman and Shapiro won by chicanery. I think they just ran better campaigns, and they had that Democratic base we talked about uh, in New York. Um, You're going to get problems in every election, and Rudy knows this. You can ask him uh, about it, Uh, Mayor Giuliani. The the law says you are entitled to a fair outcome, not a perfect outcome. (laughs) And that's really what's in the judicial mind. That's what's in my mind as I'm sitting on the bench and people are coming in or uh, poll workers are coming in and telling me what's happening. Not perfect, but fair and a just outcome so that the winner really won. And and if there's, you know, five votes that are fraudulent, but he won by 500 votes, you don't care. You're not going to go through that. If there's five votes that are fraudulent, he won by four votes, then you have to have a trial right, and find right, out what happened. Right, You know, going back to Fetterman in Pennsylvania, I guess he filed a lawsuit. You would know this better than me. A couple of days ago, because ballots with wrong dates were rejected. I don't know what happened there, but... Do you believe at least that people should be able to re-vote if, in fact, those ballots were rejected? Yes. I think the poll workers should say, look, you forgot to put the date on it. You want this vote to count? Put the proper date on it. Um, And that's what the Supreme Court of the United States said. But this this is a very interesting case, Sid. I'm glad you raised it. But the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania said a different thing. So when this issue was before the United States Supreme Court last year, The U.S. Supreme Court said, as long as the polls haven't closed, if there's a problem with the envelope, the person should be allowed to take back the ballot and vote again. So they're only going to count the the new ballot. The the poll worker should say to them, you wrote the wrong date. Today's Tuesday. It's not Wednesday. (laughs) Whatever. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, when it looked at this issue, said, no, no, no. You only get one shot. If you write the wrong date, then forget it. It's like you're waiving your right to vote. So when Fetterman uh, learned that people had written the wrong date, his lawyers sued not in state court, in federal court, where the federal uh, district court judge would be bound by what the U.S. Supreme Court uh, had decided. Guess what? They never ruled on it because Fetterman won by significantly more. Again, I'm talking about a fair outcome, not a perfect outcome. Fetterman won by more votes over Dr. Oz than the number that were in dispute. So the issue the issue was moot. Or one more question for you. These observers at these uh, ballot centers, you know, they um, they do get intimidated. I actually saw a story on CBS a couple of nights ago with a couple of folks in states wearing bulletproof vests. They were so nervous about oh what may, I know, ridiculous, ridiculous. But on the other, on the other hand, uh, they are the ones sometimes who could intimidate potential voters. I know that's yes. another thing judges are looking at. Yes? Yes. So you have... As a, as, a, as a person, you have the right to observe the voting process, but you can't intimidate. Now, there's a fine line between observing and intimidating. If five guys show up in guns and bulletproof vests in a rural county in Arizona and they're staring at you as you're bringing your ballot in, that's kind of intimidating. It's even to me. That doesn't bother me. I would find that uh, intimidating. But if if two or three observers, one Republican, one Democrat, maybe two Republicans, one Democrat, whatever, are observing just to make sure things are going well, I expect that and I want it. I don't want either party 
to dominate uh, to the exclusion of the other party, the voting or the polling process. I want it to be fair. So sometimes judges have to hold trials. Was this a genuine observation or was it an effort to intimidate uh, people so that they would they would go home? It's, it's a very, very tough call to make. I never had to make that call because when I was on the bench, this voter intimidation was not was unheard of. Right. Absolutely unheard of. Right. Right. But, but today, um, Sid, we talk about it as if it's commonplace. Yep, you're right. Hey, listen, this was such a great and interesting conversation. All I can ask for is to please come back more often. I love when you're here, Judge. So thank you so much. Sid, I love to be on with you. I want you to promise to say hello to all those names that you just mentioned. They're all friends of mine. I, mine. I've worked with each of them, and I miss them all. Even O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> you have my promise. I'll tell them all, okay, buddy? Yes. Thank you so much. This was a all great right, appearance. All right. Thank you. What a tremendous job there by Judge Napolitano. Great having him on. Even Bill O'Reilly. That was like my friend Megan Kelly was on a couple of days ago when she said uh, to Donald Trump, the way you talk to women, you call them pigs. Ba-ba-ba. He said... Only Rosie O'Donnell, even Bill O'Reilly. He will be here. Fact, Curtis Lee was coming up next, then Mayor Rudy Giuliani, next hour of Bill O'Reilly, and Lee Zeldin in the 9 o'clock hour. Just getting started on a huge Thursday morning with me, Sid, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, Benjamin Franklin would be sad if he were around today. Divided nation, increasingly dependent population, disrespect for order and established law, apathy, rampant addiction to substance and devices, incredible self-centricity among the folks. Ben Franklin understood freedom is eroded, by all of those things. The USA had a chance to self-correct on election day, but declined. Florida and some other states did reject the madness, but places like Arizona and Virginia dug deeper into it. Yes, the incredibly inept Joe Biden is now checked by the House, but just barely. The repudiation of him should have been epic as the kids say. It wasn't. Millions of Americans voted for economic weakness, violent crime, immigration chaos, and woke terror. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez received more than 70% of the vote in her crime-ridden, dangerous district in the Bronx, New York. There is no point in disparaging Americans who reject what has built this country into a colossus. They are entitled to believe what they want to believe. But it is sad, and Dr. Franklin would attest to that. Sometimes democracy hurts. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. But here's the uniqueness of this. 
Y'all trying to define the way y'all do things the way us. We don't do the one, two, three, one, two, three dance. We do the boogaloo. So you trying to say, well, what's this, what's this, what's this? You don't understand. This is not how we operate. Well, the much-anticipated sit-down is, in fact, taking place tonight somewhere in Brooklyn. Mayor Eric Adams sitting down with Sidney and Danielle Rosenberg to discuss the issues at hand in the city and to come to some type, some type of friendly agreement that maybe we can work together, maybe a weekly spot, something moving forward, because if you listen to this show long enough, you know that at the very, very beginning, the only person at this station who's been more critical, and I'll even include Greg Kelly, about Adams than me is Curtis. That's it. From day one, I was all over him. So with that said, here he is, the man Behind the mic all weekend long, 12-15, every weekday afternoon, the legend, the great Curtis Sliwa, who, by the way, is still butthurt because he lost to Eric Adams. That's a lot, a lot of his anger is because of that. He'll never admit that. But uh, that's okay. It's, it's, I get it, Curtis. You are a thespian. You are an actor. Yeah. You have started to earn your stripes in the field of acting, Gravesend, and a great movie that is still to come. The Gemini Lounge. A place that I knew all the players there. You even knew Chris Rosenberg, no relation. That's right, and I wanted you to play his part, but you didn't want to be the Jew. You know who played his part? Who? Bobby Cannavale's son, Jake Cannavale, who's a terrific young actor. I tell you, I know. Well, what is it? I know. Yo, you were the Jew. You should have been here. <laughs> I, I knew I, these guys. I played the Italian, and Jake played the Jew. These guys funny? were murderous thugs. I know. But anyway, you got to get into a mindset now, so now that the day of reckoning is here. Okay. Remember that famous meeting that Michael Corleone had with Salazzo? <laughs> Remember at Lewis's uh, in uh, the Bronx? Um, you know where the location is. I don't, I don't want to know. Uh-huh. Because uh, I'm sure Mr. Clemenza knows in Brooklyn. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Even that's... though weeks ago on this show when we started this conversation, you figured it out without me saying a word well, to you. Well, there's one person involved in that equation who is now wearing a wire as a confidential <laughs> informant, Eric Ulrich. He was supposed to drive oh, you to God. the meeting. Okay, put that aside, though. So they had to rearrange the chairs on the deck of the Titanic because uh-huh. you never know when someone in the Eric Adams administration is going to be all of a sudden under indictment, you know, as being watched very closely. So put that aside. Okay. So I noticed the one thing that has changed from the last uh, attempt to have a sit down with you was that your lovely wife, Danielle, has been invited to the proceedings. She will be there. That's correct. And Maybe there'll be a legal job in the administration. Well, <laughs> she is well-renowned in the legal field. You yes. go up to uh, Great Neck, where all the Persians are. You mention your wife's name, and they go, oh, she saved me. She saved me. I could have been doing triple life without par- parole at, the, at a federal penitentiary. That's true. So she's well-renowned. Plus, she's very easy on the eyes. Uh, not, that Eric, no doubt. not that Eric Adams notices stuff no, like that. Uh, of course he does. <laughs> oh, of he course does. He, oh. <laughs> he, he notices a lot of things at the Club Zero Bond till the break of dawn. But you're not going there. No. You're not going. You're not going back to where you used to be. 
You're going to walk in, and it's all about body language and posturing. They have done deep research on you and Danielle. Okay. They know that you are the key to WABC. Right. That without you, the king of talk radio in the morning, morning drive. Well, this is coming from Curtis Sliwa, who, and there's nobody outside of me, outside of me, who has a higher opinion of themselves than Curtis. So for you to call me that... Is this sticker? Well, you, 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 have, you have all the <laughs> listeners. I, I look at the analytics. Our other colleagues, they don't know. Oh, come on. They, they've never done radio. They get a microphone. Yeah. Oh, a that, talk radio show host. That's, they a know, shot, that's a shot of Greg Kelly right there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They know nothing about radio. Come on. You know that. I know that. But I study the analytics having done morning driving. I said, oh, my God. You and Bernard and now you by yourself. Eric Adams must tap in to these listeners because he's already thinking about his reelection. He's raised a million dollars. His approval ratings are at 29 percent. That's lower than Joe Biden. Is that true? Yes, 29 percent. But can he ride the coattails of Kathy? She just won the gubernatorial as a lousy Democrat governor. Doesn't that speak well for Eric? She didn't run as a law and order candidate. He did. Very good point, Curtis. So... Very you're going good. to come in, you're going to crawl into the belly of the beast, and they've already done their intel on you and your lovely wife, uh, Danielle. He's going to be so nice, if you were a diabetic, you would have an insulin shock right there. <laughs> Meantime, in the back of his mind, remember, he is so sure of himself. I got this cracker. I got this cracker back. But he doesn't want to lose you because you're the key in the door to WABC. You got to somehow work through where you can get to the point where you have influence on me, on Greg Kelly, more importantly, on the person that everybody listens to, the greatest mayor we've ever had, Rudy Giuliani. Who, by the way, is coming up next right after you, 740. He is unmerciful, as you know, in his criticism of Eric Adams. Well, by the way, I was the one who actually told Rudy and Andrew that Eric Adams referred to his uh, style as racist. He didn't even know that. I told Rudy that. Yes, it, yes. I told him that Eric Adams wanted to go back to the David Dinkin days. Hard to believe. Right, See, but he's going to say to you, we will have peace, but your WABC family should interfere no longer, Sid. What do you mean by that? Well, meaning that the WABC family that you're in charge of, you yeah. are the lead anchor. You start the race off. You run so far ahead against the competition that all we got to do, all we got to do is pop the gears, right, and just go into normal drive mode, and we're going to be number one in our time slots, too. You know that in morning drive, and morning drive doesn't lead the way. The rest of the lineup falters. There's no way to catch up. Right, true. They, they know that. They know that. And remember, they know that Charlemagne the God has the lock on the African-American community. Yes, he does. But where they don't do well is the white ethnic community. Like Not the, at all. The uh, Jewish community, particularly. They oh, don't do well there. Oh, what they well, we call... Got, we got a lock on that, Curtis. Oh, what they call Eric Adams. I can't even... <laughs> I can't even discuss here on the... They, more than anyone... Really? Oh, they, they want to impale themselves with a menorah. No. Yes, because so many of them bought into the law and order I stuff. I know they did, yeah. And so they... Like, I, I, I think Dolph Hyken is one of those guys. Exactly. They're yeah. so angry. <laughs> but now, you have to control the meeting. <laughs> Yeah, do don't do let that? him control the meeting. Well, how do I, you know, this, I'm glad you, you said this because Danielle asked me this yeah. last night. She said, what is your plan? I'm like, Danielle, I'm going out for dinner. I'm going to have calamari, a chicken parmesan. No, 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 no. No? No, 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 no. What do you mean no? This is what you're going to do. Oh, my God. You sit there, well. and obviously you let 
Eric Adams talk and talk and talk. He's a male yenta, yeah. you know, and he's going to think <laughs> the more he talks, the, the better it is between you and Danielle. If he hooks the wife, yeah. he's got the husband. This this makes common sure. sense. And he can hook her because she's more liberal than me. Absolutely. And she's going to sit there and smile. He's going to love her. How do you think he starts the conversation? Well, he says, uh, did you ever think, Danielle, possibly head of corporation counsel? You know, you have. we've done a deep dive research of your acumen when it comes to legal abilities in the court and outside the court. He is going to stroke her like you're not going to believe. Uh, listen, if he starts with that, he may get me right there. Right, but no. that's, like, that's like Jerry Maguire. You had me at hello. Yeah, but no, no. You're going to control this. This is the oh, way you do it. That's when I jump in. No, no. That's right. You stay quiet at first. I'm Very quiet. Cuando si mangia non si parla. Right. Fio mio. Just follow what I tell you. This okay. is going to be great. Okay. Then when the waiter comes for the order. Uh-huh. You're going to say to the waiter, because Eric Adams has done his vegetarian routine, say, Eric, that's a very healthy lifestyle. I'm going to order the eggplant parmesan. Oh, God, no. Yes. And your wife is going to say, you never eat eggplant parmesan. Sid, I I don't. You're going to say, in honor of Eric, I'm going to do it because maybe the vegetarian lifestyle is the better way to go. Oh, my God. Look. You lift weights. He lifts weights. Ah, I mean, this he's is into but... his look. It, look, <sighs> immediately you send signals to him mm-hmm. that he's not going to control you. He's not. And then I'm you... going to order eggplant parmesan. It sounds like he's controlling me right there. I wouldn't eat that if you paid me to eat it. Doesn't matter. It's a subliminal message to him. Okay, if, fine. If he's street smart, he understands right. what you're saying. I'm your equal. Is he sitting uh, next to me wearing the same type of beautiful clothing I'm wearing right now? Or does he show up in his... That that uh, rain jacket no. he wears that says oh, New York no. City Mayor. Oh no, he knows. No. Okay, he's going against Joseph Abud. Here. <laughs> he looks at you and he's a fashionista. He's got to out fashionista you. I wouldn't doubt. Okay, that he went and he got fitted specially. No, with a co- apps. You know what this is like. You've been in a room of guys who try to outdress one another. All right. I would bet you he probably went to the guy who did Pablo Escobar suits for the Medellin cartel. That guy charges twenty thousand a suit. I know I met the guy, but anyway, he's gonna come in. He's gonna be pumped, and you're gonna do something for me and for my kumbarichi Trudy Giuliani. Okay. You remember the famous show on Netflix called Fear City? I do, yes. You remember I was in the beginning, I sort of laid it out, and then Rudy took over. Do I remember it? I actually played it. I played the cuts. It was about really leading up to the night that the great Rudy Giuliani put away all five crime bosses on the same day. And he was great, and you were brilliant. I remember it, and I played it. The beginning was uh, I was getting my hair cut by the barber who wanted to slit my throat over the years for all the mobsters choking on the lobsters that I was doing in. But I'm going to give you something here I never gave to anybody else. Well, what is this? You see this? Look at this. It, it looks like duct tape. Duct tape, right. Duct tape? That's right. You see this wire? It looks like a wire. Let me tell you something. You are known for uh, making sure that your private parts are like a swimmer's. <laughs> That there is uh, no viscosity That's between true. you and your three-piece set. I, I do actually groom it twice a week. That's exactly. True. So true this story, is going to yeah. make it easy for us to <laughs> wire you up like a Christmas tree. Wait a second. You're going to wire up my testicles? Of course, because that's the only place they would never pat you down. Really? You understand, in Brooklyn, a man's I don't man, know, man never pulls another man's chain. 
It is, two, it is 2022, Curtis. Things have changed just a little. Lou, I'm just telling you. I, you got to do this. Lou is going to convince I'm gonna you. I'm going to walk in looking like Herb Williams no, all of a no, sudden. No, look, look, look. Can, look at this, <laughs> right? You can't even see this. Okay, fine. Okay, the duct yeah. tape on your three-piece set. All yeah. right, it'll hurt when we rip the tape off afterwards. Ay, ay, ay. But you can deal with that. <laughs> and you record everything. 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 Because then you got it on the wire. Ah. At any point, if you want to play it back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody will have nobody will have audio like that. Nobody. A personal conversation. So now you control Eric Adams. I got you it. You understand? Instead of him holding you by the short hairs, I, uh, literally short hairs. This is all about posturing. This yeah. is all about body language. Your your wife Danielle is going to be all for toots. She, on the way back, she's going. Oh my God! I could be the head of corporation council. Sit, don't blow this. Tomorrow, go on and say nice things about Eric Adams. In the future, every time you want to pull the trigger on him, right. just pull back, pull back. And then all of a sudden, Eric is going to go, oh, we have this great Jewish festival, and I want you to be Herod. I want you to be Herod, <laughs> King Herod, at this festival. Yeah. And, and then you, you see a lot of people don't even get that uh, imagery. Yeah. King Herod. Yeah. You see, you would have sold out for shekels. Oh, he's going to stroke you. He's going to play to your ego. And he's still going to listen to Charlemagne the God on the <laughs> Breakfast Club and claim, oh, you're my, you're my homie. Just remember, in his mind, he got you. He got the cracker back. All right. Well, and I want, when you go into that meeting, I want you to have Bernard right on your shoulder, Bernard McGurk. As you there. know, he would be advising you. Yes, he would. Don't sure. do it, Sid. Don't do it. Don't crawl into the belly of the beast. <laughs> right. Because you know when you sit and break bread with somebody, it's hard to be critical of them, yeah. no matter who they are. Of course. Because you see them in their best garb. You're going to naturally compliment him. Of course. On, he's going to compliment you on your Joseph uh, 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 Adabi Adubi <laughs> uh, uh, fashionista outlook. Yeah. And you go, you're going to be like two birds together forever, like like a pea, two peas in a pot, like a horse <laughs> in a sandwich, like a soup in a carriage. All right. I think I got that right. I but anyway, don't yeah. do it, Sid. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. Put the wire on, okay. Sid. All right. Guys. And, I, and Rudy can tell you how to do it. That's what the whole Netflix story was okay. about Fear City. Okay. You'll be a champion. And don't sell us out, Sid. <laughs> Don't sell us out by saying that you're going to control the family. You're coming back as the capo of our family here at WABC, and you'll straighten the button guys out. Me, Greg Kelly, Rudy. Don't do that, Sid. Okay. I'll be disgraziata, Shanda. I, I, I am taking your orders very seriously. By the way, that was a brilliant, not good, a brilliant 13 minutes of radio. This is why you are, in all seriousness, a legend and should be in the Hall of Fame. Because uh, the, the way, way you just, mapped that out was great. Sid, just great. Let, just let me know where you're having dinner tonight. I'll show up, right? And when they all say, what are you doing here? No. I'll say, Sid invited me. Well, we'll be at the Oasis Diner. I mean, we won't be, but you what? should go there. <laughs> <laughs> the Oasis Diner? He would never go there. Eric, no. are you kidding? All right, we got to run. That is a great job by Curtis Stewart. Sid. I'll be all right. Don't, Don't worry. Sell us I, and the I listeners won't disappoint out. you, I promise. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, 
Call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. on your Thursday morning. It's been a great show already. All the DeSantis, Trump back and forth, still going over Election Day results. A couple of great guests, Judge Napolitano and Curtis Slee, were both brilliant. Next hour, we're hoping for Rudy. Rudy, um, nobody loves Rudy more than me, even Andrew, I'll include in that. But, um, you know, every time I book him, it's just, uh, you know, you got to roll the dice, you know. (laughs) Calls in 20 minutes later, 40 minutes later. So he's brilliant when he does call in, but... He's never on time. I mean, he's never on time. Never. So he was supposed to be 740. Now I'm going for 805, and we'll see if he shows up. When he shows up, he's, God, I love Rudy Giuliani. I, come on. Who doesn't? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you're a communist if you don't love Rudy Giuliani. I mean, but um, him showing up, you just, you just don't know. So we'll go for 805. Bill O'Reilly will be here. He always shows up. And we get the best ratings in the city when he does, 840. And then the one you're all waiting for, Lee Zeldin, I believe his first video appearance. It may not be, but I think it is, coming up at 9.05. And he'll um, hopefully he won't say too many nice things about Kathy Hochul. She's still a witch and a yuck douche. She won, but God, we're all worse for it, all of us. Is there anybody at this station that's happy about that? I think Noam Layden is a... Um, Closet liberal, right? He's he'd be secret quiet right. about it. Yes, but I think he is. To, he's tried to be quiet. I think Imus used to out him all the you time. Have to, you have to know him to know. Well, he's such a great guy. I don't really care. I mean, right, I, that's why. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always really liked Noam. Always. No, he blamed me when um, 
They let him go the first time because he thought I hired Juliet Huddy, which is ridiculous. I mean, I did. I'm not going to. Of course, I did go to Craig Schwab and recommend we hire her. But I never, ever said replace Gnome with her. That was a Schwab call. Well, well, one domino hits another domino. Oh, I know. You know how it goes. I mean, I got people over the years like Jody McDonald was mad because he thought I hired Joe Beningo. I mean, I'm not the boss. I don't hire anybody. Do they come to me? My opinion, of course they do. I'm the smartest radio guy in the business. Have been for a long time. That's the truth. Bernie would have said that. Bernie always said that. But I don't make these decisions. So I was upset when no one was gone. I'm throwing these back. But he's a... um, He's to the left of Bernie Sanders, that mother effer. Noam Laden. Where is he, by the way? He's late, too. What time does he come in? Why do you, why do you think you know Noam's schedule? He's never here this time. No, I don't know. I just expect people to be here in the morning when I'm here. Well, you know liberals are always late. Liberals are always late. Thank you. We, well, come, in here. we come in here and no one's here. Why do you expect anyone? You know this. Well, I understand. Five, five o'clock. In the, but by 8 o'clock in the morning, people should be at work. I mean, what are you doing? I understand 5 a.m. I'm not Look, even 8 yet. You know when I come to work in the morning, I'm in the car with uh, Freddie, you know. And we talk for like five minutes, and he knows he can't talk to me anymore. Just be quiet. But what I do is, I've been doing this for many years. Wherever we're driving, I look at the apartment buildings and the homes to see if there's a light on. And when I see a light, it's going to sound crazy. I actually feel better. Like, I'm not the only putz up right now. But I, I have to tell you, I can go blocks and blocks and not see one light. <laughs> Then I get to the Gowanus and all these well, actually really pretty apartment buildings with gorgeous apartments overlooking Brooklyn. The lights are always on because they're all young kids coked up and drunk at about 5 o'clock in the morning, like you, Frankie Diaz. No? Hey, Frank, how come your mom doesn't call in anymore? What happened? Is she mad at me? She's still mad at me, Frankie Diaz, your mother? No. Okay. She's always threatening to call in, though, to, to mess with you. No. What are you trying to mess with me for? I, I, I've turned you into a, because, star, I mean, a star. Oh, no, because she, she loves the show. I'm like what Donald Trump did for Ron DeSantis. Yeah, you're going to owe Sid, so be careful. Right. I, uh, I mean, uh, you will. Whatever, he won't what, let you forget it either. Whatever fame you're enjoying right now, and you do have a modicum of fame. You really do. It's all because of me. I mean, a lot of, a lot of your followers now follow me now. And you follow them. Specifically the girls. I noticed that. Yeah. Degenerate. Okay, What's wrong on. with that? Hold on a second. Well, I don't feel like, you know, like like Trump said about DeSantis, I don't feel like you're very gracious about anything you've acquired because of my loyalty. I mean, to be honest, Bernie couldn't care less if any of you were on. I'm the one who made you all famous. That's a, Lou, you know that's the truth. What do, you, do you want me to confirm that? Yes, yeah, I want you to confirm that. Okay. okay. So, I, wait, so I, don't, I don't feel a lot of gratitude from Frankie. And... I, 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 I what? thank you very much. I've always said that. that, that Trump's you right. A, a it makes you feel any better, Sid. I have zero gratitude. I know you do. Zero. Trump's right, man. He's so right. I turn on my mic, a piece of me dies. I want to hear this again, actually. Shut up. You know. It's just like, a, you're like you ask me, for, you say my name, and I just start hitting my head against the desk. Yeah. Like, Trump was on, uh, uh, be quiet. Trump was on News Nation. <laughs> election night, Tuesday night, after DeSantis got the big win. And, you know, he was like, you know, DeSantis, much like Frankie Diaz and Macedonia Phil and Justin Ellick and all the people before them, Luke Lograno. What are the losers that we have here that are now, like, kind Mike of famous? Garcia for- Who? Mike, Mike, Mike Garcia worked here. Mike Garcia, John another O'Halloran. loser. He's, you know, he's like, uh, and all of a sudden, he's kind of famous. Who else? John O'Halloran. No, he's still a loser. Uh, but I love John. Don't get me wrong. He actually has a good job now. He's like a WOR or something. Or yeah, he, all these people. Yeah. They, I mean, come on. So Trump is right. I mean, so if we took you away, yeah. we'd all be doing different things. No, we'd not all... you. 
Well, uh, I, listen, you you were a major star way before me. Well, I could no, you can put me there. No, so no, no, okay. no, 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 no. I miss. What, what I miss. Do? Help make you. All right, but right now. Right now, uh, yeah, I, I'm I all you've got. Because don't forget, after I miss, you went to work for Redell and Len Berman, and you were, <laughs> people thought you died. They go, did Lou die? I go, basically, he's dead. Yes. That's true. Yes. So yeah, I guess I, I was a huge star before I got here too. Where everyone knew me in Hamburg, New Jersey. You're big in Hamburg. I know yeah. that. Play this uh, Trump thing where he says, uh, like these kids here, that uh, Ron DeSantis is not very gracious. This is cut number 12. Ron is a person, I've always had a decent relationship with him, but when I endorsed him, he was, he was gone. He was not going to be able to even be a factor in See, the Frankie, race. See, Frankie, listen. And as soon as I endorsed him, within moments, he, the race was over. I got him the nomination. He didn't get it. I got it. Listen, because Phil. the minute I made that endorsement, he got it. See? Then he ran, and he wasn't supposed to be able to win. I did two rallies. We had... 52,000 people each one, and we ended up, he won. And I thought that he could have been more gracious. But Thank you. That's up to him. All right. See, you understand, guys? Trump, once again, Sid, on the money. I'm not complaining. I literally did not listen to a single thing he said. I didn't even come over. I was... <laughs> okay. Get the veal parmesan. All right. Thank you. Rudy Giuliani, Bill O'Reilly, Lydia Serrani coming up next hour, and then Lee Zeldin coming up at 9.05. Only halfway through this great Thursday edition with me, Sid in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. That falls like cheese from Ohio. Bernie and Sid in the Morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm going to tell Senator Warnock, don't let that door hit you in the bite side as you walk out of that room. That room don't belong to you, sir. That room belongs to the people. My God, help us. The balance of the Senate hangs in that man's hands. <laughs> oh, I'm watching Eric Adams the last, I don't know, five minutes during this break. Sitting there with Joe and Mika. Claire McCaskill, and the biggest racist of all, Al Sharpton. Sharpton is actually doing most of the interview. And uh, he's talking about crime here in the United States, uh, in, the, in New York, I should say. So he, uh, I guess he's on that show weekly, is that right? Which makes sense. Those are his constituents. Those are the Democrats. And they get horrible ratings. What's the difference between Sid and Joe and Mika? I get ratings. What's the difference between Sid and Don Lemon? I get ratings. What's the difference between Sid and Errol Lewis? I get ratings. Are all these jokes or riddles? Yeah, they're not, they're not really jokes. They're riddles because they're fact. <laughs> what are you eating? I had a little bit of a muffin. Oh. So Eric Adams would be served to do this um, abortion of a television show, Joe and Mika, but then come here and do this show maybe once a week. If things go well tonight, you know, they, they could be it could be awful. And then... He doesn't want to come here, and I don't want him. But if it goes well, and the city picks up the tab, <laughs> then then we can talk about doing something like that. I mean, I, I think that our listeners, and, and I know these people, they, well, they think we're friends a lot. I mean, they are. I mean, I'm actually friendly with a lot of our listeners, legitimately friendly. When I say friendly, I mean social media stuff, you know. And I think they, they would like to know what's going on, have a voice. He won. That's the bottom line. He's he's the mayor. 
right? We all wish Curtis Sleeper was the mayor. When I say we all, I mean the listener is here, not the city, because Curtis lost. Just like when uh, I would hear on this show quite a bit, New Yorkers have had enough. Well, they haven't because Kathy Hochul won, not Lee Zeldin. So they haven't had enough. But these listeners, our folks, the best of the best here in New York, I think they'd like to have a voice in what Eric Adams does, and maybe I'm not conduit. I don't know. I don't really want to be, you know, I just, I just, uh, it seems like a lot of work, you know? you know. I got a lot going on as it is. So I'm still trying to find out a way to get to Wales to see my daughter Ava in college. And, you know, like this is not all that I do is this radio show. I know it seems like it is because I put so much effort into it and have been forever since day one. And there were days where I worked, you know, 14-hour days. Like tomorrow, if it wasn't going to be pouring, I would start by doing this show. Then I'm doing Brian Kilmeade's radio show at 11.30. You'll hear that here. Then I'm going to be in a float at the Veterans Day Parade. Then I have a dinner with the Vietnam vets. This is stuff I do all the time. You guys know that. For six years. So it's a, this job is, is everything. You know, I mean, I wrote a book and I made a TV show, movies. This job is everything. So I don't have a lot of time because I am a good father and a good husband. And my family still comes first. So, you know, trying to fix this Eric Adams thing, I mean, it's just, it's not that important to me. But I feel like, as the voice of New York, as Curtis pointed out, Curtis will never, and Lou, you know Curtis longer than anybody here. Have you ever heard except Curtis? Frank, except Frank Morano, probably. Oh, you're right about that, except for Frank. Have you ever heard Curtis say what he said about me this morning? At a radio station that he worked at ever in your life. About anybody else? Yeah, no. including Imus. No. Never, right? Nope. nope. So there is a responsibility, I guess. That's and right. um, I've ins- accepted it. That's right. You and Spider-Man. It's great responsibility. Curtis um, has just given you that. I'm like Spider-Man? Well, when uh, he was bitten by the spider. Yeah. He uh, came to realize great with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Well, I never got bitten by a spider, though. You you get the you get the. Uh... There's an analogy there. Yes, yeah. there is. I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah, it's brilliant, actually. The sanctimonious. Mm-hmm. So you started this segment with Herschel Walker. I mean, what could I say about Herschel? <laughs> I... He's just one of the greats. He's great at some things. He was a great football player. That's what I was referring to. Other things, not so much. Like the whole. He's uh, not a great t- speaking English. Right. Thing, he, 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 it's it's embarrassing. Right I hate to say it. You know. I don't. I don't hate to say. It. I actually get a little bit of joy in saying it. I know. It's kind of funny. I would. I would play the Howard Stern thing again because it was so funny. It was really funny. Do we have that still Stern talking about Herschel? Now look. Let me make it very clear to you folks because you don't listen. You just hear what you want to hear. I want Herschel to win. We need Herschel to win. We need the Senate. And even though Herschel is not going to be in the front of the line at the next Mensa meeting. He's a better person. This is worth saying. I don't care about the women that he impregnated. My God, give me a break. He's a better person than that racist piece of garbage Warnock is. That's a fact. That's a fact. He's a better person. But he's just not equipped to speak publicly and do this. And you hear him talking, you go, come on. I mean, and this has nothing to do about race. It's not black. It's not white. John Fetterman can't speak. You know, he had a stroke, obviously, but there's nothing to do with that. It's, you know, 
I mean, the most eloquent speaker I've ever heard in my whole life is probably Barack Obama. He's a black man. Has nothing to do with it. It's just Herschel Walker. He's just, he's just not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree, that's all. But he's a superstar in Georgia. He's very popular there and will always be back to the great Vince Dooley days as that great running back for the Bulldogs. He's a Republican from the day when Donald Trump drafted him to play for the New Jersey Generals. And he's taken advantage of his popularity for a cause that may help me and all of us Republicans here in the United States. So he does need to be applauded for that. But, my God, it's just, I mean, it's almost like an, like an Eddie Murphy bit. No? Yes or no? Yes. What it's did a, you just give me the thumbs up for? I'll say no. uh, the, uh, you want the Howard Stern thing? Yeah, it made me laugh. People get so angry. You know. Why are they all angry? I don't know. Sid does it on purpose. Plays Springsteen music and Howard Stern because he really hates us. <laughs> People just want to get up and be angry. I mean, they're just idiots. So, yeah, get angry. Here's Stern. Some of these candidates that people are actually... Herschel Walker, holy... F- they're saying he's going to win in Georgia. Are you f- dummies? There's going to be... You know, and they always talk about another civil war. Well, I think there is going to be one. I mean, how could the f- did you elect that guy? you got to be out of your f- skull. Uh-huh. This is, i got to say, I mean... Are you f- kidding me? I don't care what party, what you believe, what you think would be good for America. Would you really vote for this? F- yeah, I would. I don't know what the f- is. I was going to say like <laughs> mental case. I don't, but I don't even know what that's fair to mental cases. <laughs> I just don't know. Well, that right. goes. Oh, that's, You're that's, saying he's going to win. That goes All to right. show you, Howard, how bad his competitor is, because well, a lot of that stuff you just said about Herschel is probably true. That goes to show you how bad Warnock is. And I'll say it again at the risk of repetition. Herschel Walker is a much better person than Warnock will ever be. So, yes, he gets my vote. And now, of course, we got to hope to God on December the 6th that he, um, he edges out Warnock and we do, in fact, take the Senate. We'll take the House. We'll take the Senate. And in 2024... We'll win the whole damn thing. Did Carrie Lake win yet in uh, in Arizona? The governor, did she win yet? Or is she losing? What, um, Lou, what are you hearing out there? In, I in... heard it's not settled yet. That was the last thing I heard. Is she winning? or I heard she was down a little bit. Let's go to uh, our political. Well, let's um, go to Frank. Frankie Diaz, yeah. Know. You know what's funny is I can see I'm in the, the, uh, the studio. So there's a glass in front of me. That's where Lewis and Macedonia Phil sit, and sometimes Justin, behind the glass. But to my left, out of my periphery, I have the newsroom. So I've got all these TV sets. I'm giving you a little inside uh, look here. This I got Deb Valentine. This is great, right? Ooh. Inside baseball. People yeah. would die for this I know that. And then Frankie Diaz. So if I say something, and Frankie has the answer, or he thinks he does. He jumps. He, like, he jumps. He, 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 he He's like Ron <laughs> Palillo in uh, Welcome Back, Connor. You know, <laughs> raising his hand. So. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh. But Frankie, what do you got for me? Carrie Lake. As of right now, Katie Hobbs at 50.3% at 900,053 votes. Yeah. Carrie Lake, 49.7% at 940,000. Thank you for that. That's very good. Very detailed. 13,000 votes. Yeah, we learned a lot. Thank you, Frankie. That was great. You're all over this stuff. I'm, I'm burning ballots as we speak right now. Man. <laughs> yeah, just bags for ballots. Just get rid of these. Get rid of them now. Carrie Lake was on with Tucker Carlson last night. I like this girl, Carrie Lake. 
And it has nothing to do with the fact that she's good looking. No, not at all. <laughs> no, shut up. God. Wait, You're killing the, me. The fact that you had to qualify it by <laughs> well, saying that what, what, what? should 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 answer for you. Okay, fine. That's or, the reason why that, I like it. Literally like yesterday you said you, right. you said yesterday you should vote for people just because they're good looking. How could you not vote for them if they're not good looking? I that, did say that. Yeah. Good to have Phil here, right? Very Jeez, shallow. Thank God you got Phil yeah. there, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like a... I mean, could you imagine voting for somebody who's like fat and a Democrat? Stacey Abrams. Now you got Carrie Lake, <laughs> who's a Republican, and she's uh, she's not bad looking. She was on with Tucker Carlson last night, and she claims election fraud out there in Arizona. This is cut number 17. The bigger issue is we can't keep having this problem. This is what I've been trying to say. I want all Democrats, independents, and Republicans to trust in the system. And when I win, and trust me, we will win this, right. this is going to be top of my agenda. Day one, I'm going to take my hand off the Bible. We're issuing a declaration of invasion at the border. And I'm getting my lawmakers, I'm getting the legislators to a special session to change our elections so that they are fair, honest, and transparent. And we get rid of those machines that are not reliable. And, and really, um, obviously, we saw what kind of problems they can cause. There she is, uh, Carrie Lake. You know what I didn't hear yet is um, Governor Abbott's victory speech in uh, Texas. I think I want to hear that. I like him. He's my second favorite governor in the country now. He would have been third if Lee Zeldin would have won, but he's second now behind DeSantis down in Florida. So he wins again. Thank God for that. Greg Abbott, this is Cut Lewis, number 13. Texans sent a very resounding message. They want to keep Texas the beacon of opportunity that we have provided over the past eight years. A Texas where working families can flourish. A Texas where students can be prepared and inspired for a college or for a career. A Texas that supports our law enforcement officers and our military. A Texas where we safeguard our fundamental freedoms. And a Texas, a Texas where everybody has a path to prosperity. Texas is a great state. There are three things they're high on. Steakhouses, strip joints, and hot blondes. That's Texas. Well, guns, too, of course. That's where I must live. But steakhouses, strip joints, and hot blondes, the state of Texas. And finally, my favorite piece of audio for the day before we get to Lydia Serrani, Bill O'Reilly, and Lee Zeldin. How's that for a trifecta coming up right after this? This is my friend Grant Stinchfield, who was unceremoniously let go by the folks at Newsmax because according to him, according to him, he refused to beat up Tucker Carlson on the air because Carlson was kicking his ass in the ratings. He actually said at one point, Tucker is second to Donald Trump in terms of important people inside our Republican Party. So now he goes on his Instagram account, and he runs and lifts weights, and he does all these uh, messages, you know. And I like him. So last night he talked about this potential war-brewing Bo Deedle, Pete King, between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. And once again, Grant Stinchfield, right on the money. I agree with him. I've been saying it for two days. Here's what it sounded like. Lewis, cut number 11. So what a night in Florida last night, and a huge congratulations to Ron DeSantis and the other Republicans in that state for really securing it as a deep red state. But I do not like to see a potential feud. I'm not even going to say there's a feud yet, but a potential feud between Governor Ron DeSantis, who is a beast, and President Trump, who is an even bigger beast. So let me remind you of a very simple fact here. Every Trump supporter loves Ron DeSantis, every one of us. Not every Ron DeSantis supporter loves President Trump. Most of them do, 
but not everyone. So who stands the most to lose here if this was a fight that brewed into something, into a war? Ron DeSantis does. So Governor, let me offer up humbly some advice to you. You're still young. Form a coalition with President Trump. Unify with him. Get him on your side. You have six years. We get President Trump into office. You serve another four years as governor. And then you have two years to campaign for the presidency and make it the one-two punch from conservative heaven. Let's unify this party, not tear it apart. A war between these two behemoths would be devastating to our party, and I'm telling you, devastating to Ron DeSantis. That I promise you. President Trump is too tough. Couldn't agree more. Now again, what he left out was that the instigator here, the guy causing all this, is not DeSantis. It is Trump. Trump's the problem. But he's right. Trump would stomp DeSantis. It would get very ugly and maybe ruin DeSantis moving forward, and we do not want that. Lou Dobbs, his business report is coming up next. And then Lydia Serrani, Bill O'Reilly, and speaking for the first time publicly since his loss on Tuesday, the great Congressman Lee Zeldin. Going to be an amazing hour to come right here with me, Sid, only on Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street coming off a post-midterm sell-off. The Dow Jones Industrials falling more than 600 points in yesterday's session. The October Consumer Price Index update coming today. More insight into the Federal Reserve's rate hike campaign and whether it's bringing down prices. September's data showed inflation still running at a 40-year high, four times the Fed's target rate. Wall Street forecasting initial jobless claims to rise with this week's update. Recent data missing targets the past several weeks, coming in much lower than economists forecast. This week's Meta announcement putting emphasis on what a bad year it's been for tech. The thousands of former Meta employees joined Twitter, Tesla, Microsoft, and others looking for work in the industry. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. This report is sponsored by Benjamin Steakhouse. You know, Sid, I still can't get oh, by over the way, the... I just want you to know this. I walked to my um, the New York Hearing Associates yesterday to see my doctor, Dr. Shelley Borger, to get my hearing aids fixed. And I decided to walk down 40th Street because they're on 40th between 6th and 7th. And I walked right past a very busy Benjamin Steakhouse. Yeah, they're, the one here in Westchester in Greenberg, it's uh, it's always packed, their yeah. parking lot. It's yeah. crazy because they have really good service and yeah. stuff. And they're, they're really nice and stuff. I, I know the owner. He's a great guy. So, uh, you know, but the city, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I can't wrap my brain around the fact that 70% of people voted for Kathy Hochul. What people don't understand is, yes, we talk about the crime. We talk about the homelessness, the drug addiction, because, she, you know, now you're allowed to shoot up on the streets. You know, they have those free injection centers where people have been overdosing. This is all being permitted by Kathy Hochul, her solution to the subway crime being, uh, what is it, 1,200 cops on overtime. People are forgetting that they're continuing with the plan 
to build borough jails. So this is this is happening. This is happening. They're planning on closing Rikers by 2027. And they've already started construction of building these city jails throughout every single borough. I, I mean, it's so crazy. They're also my the hospital where I was born, North Central Bronx Hospital. They're going to be building a jail there specifically for people that are mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And that was a nice, like a, a pretty safe part of the Bronx. And so now any neighborhood that was decent is now going to be turned to to crap as you know when you go woke you go broke and these poor people that live there i just don't understand why people don't get out of their own way and go vote why would you vote for all of this crap as john casmatidis would say i'm sorry to use his words right because they don't care we keep going over the same thing over and over again most of these people are not even aware of the issues. They don't talk politics like you and I do and John does every day. You know, when you add up all the viewers, all of them, Lydia, that watch MSNBC and Fox News and Newsmax and CNN, it's nothing. People aren't aware. Here's what they know. I'm a Democrat. That's what I'm going to be. I don't know and or care what Kathy Hochul or Lee Zeldin is pushing. I'm voting Democrat. That's, that's the God's honest truth. We think everybody knows what's going on. They don't know. They don't care. They're watching wrestling. And if they're a Democrat, they're going to vote Democrat. That's how she wins. You're you're 100% right, and people are voting for others just because based on their last name or because there's a D by their name. Right. Somehow, some way, Or they're Republican. black, or they're a female, yes. or they're yes. gay. All the nonsense yes. that shouldn't matter is all that matters. I know. it's And right now at Rikers Island, there's about uh, 5,700 people in custody, but they want to reduce it down to about 3,000 because those city jails, that's all they'll accommodate. The only borough that's not getting a jail is Staten Island, so they got a good deal there. You know what else they're doing throughout the city and nobody knew about? They're putting up these monstrous 32-foot 5G antenna towers. Hmm. They're, and they're, they're putting them right there on the sidewalk. And, and, and they said they're putting them up because they want to expand broadband throughout New York City. But one of them is going up on 90, 90th Street on the Upper East Side. You're going to tell me people up there don't have their own Wi-Fi, <laughs> don't have cell service. This poor mom was like, oh, my God, I just bought this like multi-million dollar apartment here. My baby is five months old, and now her head, where she sleeps, is going to be 10 feet away from this monstrous antenna. Oh so this woman who runs a block association in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, the city says, oh, we, we did all the community boards. We talked to all the community leaders, and they're all on board with this. Well, take a listen to what this lady had to say. If they did a community research, with who? Because it wasn't with me. Who did you meet with? And what were the results of the meeting? And why were we not at the table? Aside from being unsightly and oh, imposing, people sorry. also say they You could cut the it off. Ta- they didn't. I didn't want them to have the reporter track in there. That was from Fox 5. So you just have to wonder, where is the money? Follow the money. The fact that they're shutting down Rikers Island instead of maybe demolishing the 90-year-old structure and building up new jails, building the mental facilities there instead of ruining neighborhoods throughout the city. Seriously, it has to be about money. And these 5G towers. Who got the contract? Who's paying? Who's getting? Who's getting rich off of this? Sid, you and I both know. Every time they say it's not about the money, it's always about the money. <laughs> there is so much yeah. deep corruption yeah. going on. It like frightens me that I almost want to just watch a Vanderpump Rules. 
and Real Housewives and everything because I think ignorance is bliss. Well, I, do I think it's those. better not to know it. No, I mean, I do know, obviously, because that's my job. But I do watch those just to escape. I mean, I watched Real Housewives yeah. of Salt Lake City last night. I mean, it's complete nonsense, and those people are god-awful people. But, but you're right. Look, everything in this city is all about money. You know, you, you look at these politicians, and if you look at their salaries, okay, and look at the way they live, it never adds up. Like, they, they make don't. these menial salaries, and they live like multi-multi-millionaires. And why is that the case? Because almost every one of them, Democrats and Republicans, are crooked. That's the gig. Right. That's the job. So you're right. And, and Rikers... You have a lot of area there, a lot of space. You can put criminals there. You can put the mentally ill there. You can do so much with Rikers Island. And instead, they're going to put these maniacs next, next to you know, everyday people, kids going to school. Come on, man. Of course, I it's know. all about the money. It's always about the money. But I'm, I don't know. Are you going to watch the new Vanderpump Rules season, by the way? I didn't like the last one. You know, I, really, I, I, I missed I miss Darcy and I miss Jax and all those old characters. So, and I know John right now is going, what the hell are they talking about? But, I, know, uh, I, know, I know, But millions of people do watch that show, millions. So uh, the short answer is, yes, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I know. I need me some Stassi. I need, to, need me some crazy Kristen and Jax yes. and, and Schwartz and Sandoval and all well, of that. Well, you know, you know the, one of those times uh, and his fat wife, they got divorced. I know Katie, and yes. she—they call her yes. Haiti. Yeah. And now, and now Schwartz, he's dating Raquel, yes. which used to go out with DJ James Kennedy. Yes, it's so good. sad that I know all this crap. <laughs> it's great. But I love it. I love it. It, it is. Actually, but they, I'm not going to be not, watching not, the new not, season. Not, not only go out together, they actually called up an engagement last season. I know she gave him the ring during yep. the reunion. It's yeah. so sad. I know. All well, this. he's still in I'm, love. He's still in love with uh, the other blonde, Lala. He still loves her. Oh, that's true. But yeah. she got rid of the fat guy. Now she's yes. dating a model with like mo- with uh, <laughs> tattoos all over his face. I know. And, and by Good the way, her, her daughter, Ocean, yeah. had to be rushed to the ER because she had a croup cough. Yeah, I know, I know. I know Lou, Lou's probably gagging right now. Is he throwing up? Is that, is that his gagging sound that yeah, I hear right there? It was not... very fast gagging sound. <laughs> I love uh, it. No freak- I love it. <laughs> so, Good job. All right. So we, we have to go to Benjamin's Steakhouse or Seafire Grill. These are great restaurants. You can experience the sizzling steaks, the best service, fresh seafood in their beautiful atmosphere, the best service. Let me tell you, they are by far my favorite restaurants in Westchester and Midtown. Check it out. BenjaminSteakhouse.com. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. the best he still is the best he'll always be the best as far as i'm concerned whether it's 9 p.m weeknights right here on wabc or his own website which is amazing BillOReilly.com. interviews the guests the tv show just just really much better than the rest the killing series killing of the legends right now which is uh, doing tremendous killing the legends and of course uh, that great tour last year with president trump you know I, uh, tucker carlson gets a lot of uh a lot of compliments these days. And I like Tucker. Tucker's pretty good. But uh, listen, Bill O'Reilly is the best and will always be the best. And thank God he's here every Thursday because my ratings go through the roof when Bill O'Reilly stops by. So here he is, my good buddy, the best ever, Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. 
Now, what song was that leading into us? That was um, uh, Van Halen. Van Halen. Oh, Van Halen. You know, because I, I want to get that album and wake up to it every morning. It's soothing. You know, that's the welcome to the jungle crew, right? Well, listen, that screaming you heard in the background during that yeah. song, that was yeah. a lot of New Yorkers, Bill, when they found out that Kathy Hochul won on Tuesday night. I know. Oh, my God. Um so uh, everybody is uh, – it's more of a resignation than an anger. I thought I'd see some anger displays but did not see it, um, and that's a good thing. I mean, look, disappointed in life, um, this is a, a major disappointment because of what is ahead. Um, unfortunately, not good things for most New Yorkers, but you have to basically say, look, this is the country. Uh, that we live in, and when there wasn't any um, chicanery during the election, so that is an excellent thing. And um, you just have to kind of forge ahead, and that's it. So uh, life is hard sometimes. Yeah. By the way, Lee Zeldin will join me next, right after Bill O'Reilly, his first uh, radio interview since he lost on Tuesday, coming up at 9.05. Uh, that was a, a loss in New York that everybody, at least Republicans, not everybody, Republicans are upset about. But when you look back at the day, Bill, especially Long Island, where you are out there, Pretty good day for Republicans. They actually flipped four congressional seats, two of those out on Long Island. So we uh, we went pretty red here in New York on Tuesday. Well, here's what's confusing. So uh, I know Long Island is any human being on the planet, right? And and Long Island did drift left for ten years, um, and it has now come back. It's not. I wouldn't say it's a conservative place, but it's a it's a common sense place. Uh, Nassau and Suffolk counties, because most people there uh, work hard, and um, a lot of them have to go into the city, and it is not an easy life here. If you want an easy life, um, you move to Wyoming. Okay, there's not traffic jams there. You're not guy shooting themselves in the hair with heroin in the neck, you know. Because in Wyoming, if you did that, they put a noose around your neck. That's all right? right, and so you'd have a lot of neck intrusion. Um, but here on Long Island, you know, it's it's we got to go to work, raise a family, um, we uh, obey the law. There's a whole different justice system between Nassau County, at least, and uh, Queens. Um, and you cross that border, and the, and the dope dealers know it. The dope dealers absolutely know it. You cross that border into Valley Stream or Elmont, and but here in Nassau, it's a whole different ball game. And I'm very happy that I live here. But then I say to my friends in Westchester, what the deuce is going on in Westchester? It's the same circumstance. You got to get on the train or get on the packed highway, come into the city, work your butt off to make a living and go home. And there's Westchester, all right, going for Hochul. And I'm saying to myself, if this commuter tax comes in, Westchester is going to be wiped out. Yep. All right. And I don't know what it is. I don't, I, I just can't pinpoint the difference of mentality between Nassau and Suffolk County and Westchester. Mm, that is very interesting, actually. You're right. When, you know, now that you bring it up, I think about 
those types of people, what they go through every day to get to their jobs. And yeah, you too. Success- I mean, you yeah. got to get up yep. uh, every day, and you got to get to a, a workplace, uh, do your job, go home. This is a struggle. This is not easy. No, no. And, and the politicians should be trying to make it easier and safer and more profitable for everyone. That's what their job is. But instead, they make it harder, more dangerous, more perilous in every area where elderly people can't even live in their homes because they can't pay the property tax. Mm. This is all true. Bill O'Reilly, this is why he's the best in the business. Bill, let's take a look at the national perspective. And if I would have told you about 40 years ago when Herschel Walker was running the football on a third and one against Tennessee, that the state of the Congress would lay in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and look, I'm a Republican. I know you're not. I am. I want to win this. We need to win this to get back the House and the Senate. But I got to tell you, I'm not a huge Herschel Walker guy. Football, yes. Politics, not really. This is terrifying to me. I don't know. I looked. There was a third candidate there, a libertarian who siphoned off uh, some votes. Uh, I think it was 60,000 votes. Um, and then people are you know, guessing that maybe some of those votes will go to Walker because if you're a libertarian, you don't want to big government guy like Warnock. Um, I don't know. Um, Herschel Walker was not a good candidate. He's not really smart enough to be a senator. Agreed. The guy is just a rubber stamp on the progressive left. He's not a genius. Uh, He'll do whatever he's told to do. So you're sitting there and I go, oh, my God. (laughs) This is what uh, hinged uh, the fate of the election. Union hinges on these two guys, <laughs> right? It's it, it is crazy, and I don't know what's going to happen. I just uh, at this point, I'm resigned. I'm resigned because the House of Representatives is going to be Republican. Okay, so they're going to be able to basically regulate Biden. That's the most important thing. So they neuter Biden. Biden's not going to get done. He's going to be distracted. They'll go after him. Um, there'll be deals made. And now everybody's going to look for two years down the road to vote for president. Well, you know, there's a lot of folks already saying that, look, what the House did to Donald Trump was completely unfair. They impeached him on nonsense. And now it's only right the Republicans do the same thing, although Republican voters would tell you, no, there's a big difference. Biden actually broke the law. There's stuff there we can go after him. I'm not going to argue that, yes or no. All I'm going to ask you is very simply, do you expect that he will be impeached like Trump at the very least, for a revenge factor. I don't think so. Really? Um, no, because the American people don't want it, by and large. So in, what shocked me the most about the vote on Tuesday was that independents actually went to the Democratic Party by just one point, but they did. And a lot of that were, were women who uh, are single-issue vote, uh, single voters. Um, but I thought independents would break really against the Democratic Party because of the economy. And they didn't. And if independents are sitting there and watching the Republicans spend um, all this time and effort to uh, impeach Joe Biden, and the border is absolutely impeachable. There's no doubt that it is. Right. Okay. But I wouldn't do it. And um, because you got to start to build off what you have now. 
And it's not what anybody wanted on, on the right and on the conservative precincts. But you have a foothold. It's there. And now look ahead two years to get uh, the presidency. Now, Biden, in his press conference last night, was interesting. The body language was great. Oh, I loved it. Remember I used to do a body language segment <laughs> yes. on, uh, I do remember. On, yes. on the O'Reilly Factor? Yes, yes. Oh, Fox News uh, management hated that. Oh, they hated Okay, and I did it for satire reasons. You know, I brought on this woman, and she goes, "Oh, look at this! He I dropped remember. his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he, he dropped his shoulder, so he's going to hit." But by you. the way, you're kind of joking about it, and you do a very good impression of that lady. But the truth is, lots of times there is some accuracy there. There yeah, really is. Look, but I didn't care yeah. whether it was accurate or not. It was just so outrageous. And <laughs> who's not going to watch a body? Language segment on Bill Clinton. <laughs> Everybody's going to watch. <laughs> so I would look at the management and I go, ah, okay, you know, because I pretty much do what I wanted to do. Uh, so anyway, I'm watching Biden's Biden's uh, body language in the in the press conference, right? So Biden is giving us top gun body language there. Hey, uh, here I am, and I'm, I'm pretty special. I'm pretty special up here, right? He's given us the Top Gun, the Tom Cruise body language. That's right. And, and, I'm, and I'm looking at the guy, and he's so divorced from reality. So he actually thinks he won. Uh, he thinks he won. Well, thank you for saying that. He said democracy won. I, wait a second. You lost the House. You're a right. Herschel Walker went away from losing the Senate. All these places, Miami-Dade went so red, it's, it's like a blood-red sky. What did you win on Tuesday? It wasn't as bad as you thought. That's not a victory. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So they, they Democratic Party, survived. They didn't prosper or anything oh. like that. Oh. But they all thought, as did you and me and a lot of people, they were going to get waxed, that it was going to be uh, one of these historical rejections, repudiations. And there's Biden going, hey, you know, I'm still president. <laughs> hey, I'm going to Egypt. I'm going to Sharm El Sheikh. He doesn't even know he's going to Sheikh. He thinks Sharm El Sheikh is Sheikh Shack. All right? He thinks he's going to get burgers. That's what he thinks. So, hey, I'm still there. I'm getting on a big plane. I'm going over. I'm going to have sunglasses. And I'm going to have uh, some good time with friends, Macron. That's him. That was exactly him. And he did right. say some things that were just outrageous. But we can t look to the guy that he may have to beat again in 2024. Your good buddy, uh, Donald Trump, and mine. And, uh, man, he's out there, and, and I'll be on record again. Uh, you know, people like Peter King, Bo Deedle, I'm done with Trump. I'm not done with Trump. I'm not. Maybe I will be in a month, in a year. I'm not. I still think he gives us the best chance at winning in 2024. But there are people jumping off the Trump bandwagon like the Titanic here, Bill O'Reilly. What oh, are your you thoughts? Bet. You bet, particularly because of DeSantis. So once DeSantis, uh, the red wave, uh, did engulf Boca Raton. I mean, Raton still, they have snorkels there. That wave was so huge <laughs> down was. in Florida. It was. Um, the only holdout was Broward County. You're never going to get those. Never. I don't no. know what, no. you know, yeah. I'm opening up a little clothing store in Broward and selling Mao. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 yeah. I have no idea. 
by that county. Well, you know, you know, what's her name has been uh, has won there forever. Debbie Wasserman Schultz in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, Yeah. jeez. But anyway, Florida was what everybody thought the country was going to be. Um, and DeSantis said the greatest line of all time, woke comes here to die. I love that. What a line. And uh, I can't tell you how many Republicans, independents, people um, now know who he is, now say he is an absolute um, alternative to Trump without the, all the angst. And he did himself uh, an amazing amount of good. Agreed. So himself is now in, caught a little bit because if he attacks DeSantis, he's already poked him a few times. Where does that get him? So where does that get Donald Trump if he goes after DeSantis? The base, as they say, likes DeSantis. And if you start mocking him or calling him names, the base is not going to like that. Now, some of the MAGA people might, but that's not enough or nearly enough. So Trump's got to sit and think about this. So if DeSantis does indeed challenge him, which I didn't think he was going to do a few weeks ago, but his popularity now, uh, DeSantis, is, is, is enormous. Um, Trump's got to think about this. How do I do this uh, in a way that doesn't blow up my entire operation? Right. I mean, I know that he, he does call you for advice every now and then. And I no, actually, he never calls me for advice. Once in a while, he'll call me. Okay. Um, but he'll never say, hey, I need advice. Oh, of course not. Right. But no. you'll, you'll still – like I, I texted Kimberly Gilfoyle yesterday, and I said, listen, tell your future father-in-law to cut this stuff out because he's going to kill himself. I'm sorry. I, I know, listen, today you can't see any scenario, Bill O'Reilly, where – DeSantis beats Trump in Iowa, in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, but that day may come. And him beating up Ron DeSantis does nothing for him. Nothing. She didn't disagree, by the way. So if he was to say to you, Bill, I'm going to say hello, but what should I do here? What would you say? I would say that um, DeSantis and Trump should start to talk to each other and start to figure it out. Now, I don't know DeSantis at all. I've never spoken with him. Um, I have no idea what kind of guy he is or, or what his expectations of life are. Uh, I do know Trump as well as anybody knows him, and Trump wants to be president again. But it's not going to happen if there's a bloody primary with DeSantis. Okay? It just won't. And again, it goes back to the independent voters. Yeah, the MAGA base will hold, but he needs the independent voters, particularly women, to come on over and support him. Now, if, the, if Trump and DeSantis can run together, Oof. certainly realistic, Oof. if DeSantis can be persuaded, and I don't know whether he can be, because remember, his, his power is on the rise. Look, you take the second kind of a co-presidency thing, you're 44 years old, and in four years you can run president for eight years if you, this ticket wins, um, a Trump-DeSantis ticket. That is formidable. Mm. But that would require a lot of discipline on the part of Donald Trump. A lot. Right. And Mm. I'm not sure. Mm. No, that's great. You're right. I'm not sure either. Hey, um, oh, we have to run? Oh, man. I hate hate when Bill O'Reilly hangs. I hate it. Uh, It was another brilliant segment. Tell me how Killing the Legends is doing these days. 
Well, we have a, a pre, you know, one of the things, I'm, I'm, and this is sincere, I'd like to save people as much money as possible for Christmas and Hanukkah giving. Because it's going to be tough. Everybody's raised their prices, and, and I'm not going to do that. So what we have there is to become a premium membership or a concierge membership, which will save you buku money. You get free copy of Killing the Legends or any of my other books. But we put together Killing the Legends, Killing the Mob, and Killing the Killers. Wow, all three. Okay, all three you get for 40% off. Oh, my I mean, God. Yeah. So you can three different gifts, or you can keep them for yourself. You can do whatever you want. But this is a phenomenal deal at BillOReilly.com. It really is. And, and if you think ahead, you already made my little list, and I'm checking it twice. <laughs> I'm checking it twice. But if you write people's names down, and this, and then you put gifts next to it, you're going to save an enormous amount of money, which you're going to have to do um, because of all the inflation. <laughs> that too. Well, that is a phenomenal deal, and you're just uh, the greatest ever. Thank you so much for another amazing appearance. I don't think I'm going to have you next week. I don't think so. So maybe, maybe two weeks away. But anyway, yeah, where are you going? No, you're going. I'm not going anywhere. Next week? Yeah. I was told. No, that... I, think I, I'm, I don't think I'm anywhere next week. I think at Thanksgiving I'm off. But, uh, well, me too. No. Right. Uh, but the 17th, I was told you're off. I hope you're not. I mean, I... No, I'm, I'm here. I mean, oh, good. I get somebody at WABC to go, man, maybe he should get five or six days off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we... <laughs> now, I, think I'll be, I think I'll be here on the 17th, well, and I'll make it um, no matter where I am, awesome. I will be available to Sid on well, the 17th well, of November. Sid needs you, just so you know that, and loves you. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, a lot talk of fun. All right, See pal. you. Take care. There he is, the great Bill O'Reilly, the best ever. Every segment is amazing. Every segment. He's got such great intuition. He's just amazing. Check him out at 9 o'clock every weeknight right here on WABC. We'll take a short break. When we get back, here to dub with the news. I believe it's the first public radio conversation you're going to hear with Lee Zeldin. He made his concession speech online yesterday. He'll do it right here live on radio with me, Sid, and Lee Zeldin coming up on the other side. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Great show today, really. All the guests, Judge Napolitano, Curtis Lee were just hilarious describing this dinner tonight with me, my beautiful wife, Danielle, and Mayor Eric Adams. And then, of course, uh, Bill O'Reilly, always terrific. But my next guest is somebody I, for one, am really very proud of. And everybody that I've spoken to the last couple of days that uh, knows him or have gotten to know him during this effort to uh, win the gubernatorial here in New York has said the same thing. Every voter that voted for Lee Zeldin, proud they did vote for him and very proud of his campaign. Remember, this man started 
way, way back and was able to make this a nail-biter, which is a testament to him, a testament to him. So even in loss, New York won, and we'll detail that during this conversation. Here he is, my friend, Congressman Lee Zeldin. Good morning, Lee. How are you, pal? Hey, doing all right, Sid. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. And I'm glad you're doing all right. I mean, I hope you're hearing that from, I know you are, but I hope you are hearing from most people, Lee, how proud they are of you, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter, for the really fine campaign that you ran. It wasn't about name-calling or any of that nonsense. You put out the issues. Uh, you put out really good arguments and plans how to fix the issues. I hope you're getting a lot of, hey, Lee, I'm proud of you. Uh, well, listen, I, I, I'm out there trying to convey to everybody else how grateful I am uh, for their help. Uh, you know, you were out there on the airwaves. You, know, you are day in, day out to get the message out to the people to, so everyone understands that you have to Thank get you. out and vote. And at the end of the day, you know, we ended up with uh, almost three million votes. I mean, it's it's been wow. 52 years since the last time a GOP candidate in the state uh, has gotten the, these many votes. And it's a it's a this isn't about me. It's about what we were talking about, uh, the issues that uh, we were debating every single day, the effort of thousands of people around the street who were on social media and they were emailing and texting, and as you are on the radio, uh, this was certainly very much a team effort, and this team put up a strong showing. You're right. It's been since Rockefeller all the way back. Even Pataki didn't get that many votes when he won 16 years ago. So once again, a testament to the campaign you ran and New Yorkers who really did believe in you. You know, I'm hearing people now, Lee, come back and say, well, you know, now that I think about it, maybe if he got to abortion quicker, now that I think about it, maybe he should have distanced himself from President Donald Trump. Look, my opinion is as long as there's a D in front of your name in New York, it's very difficult for the Republican to win. I think you ran a perfect race. I don't have any regrets on how you ran it, but I know you're hearing some of these things. Do you have any regrets? Zero. Um, I mean, I'm very happy with uh, our message during this campaign. We were focusing on the issues that matter most to New Yorkers, and we weren't uh, distracted in, in trying to get people to change their priorities to focus instead on other issues that, they weren't focused on. And I think that our biggest strength uh, from a messaging standpoint was that there was just so much consistency from the the moment we got to this race, April 8th of 2021, and we were stating exactly what our purpose was, that we want to do our part to save this state, to reverse the the out-migration, all the people leaving understand why it is, why are they hitting their breaking point, and our ideas uh, for how to reverse those attacks on wallets, on safety, on freedom, on our kids' education. So we come into the race, and if you were to ask me then, why are you running, this is what I would state then. And then you know, at any point during the race, right up to the very end, if it was the morning of, the day before, you say, hey, Lee, why are you running? It was the same exact answer. But substantively, you know, this wasn't just, um, you know, we need to save our state, and that's the end of it. Uh, you know, it was – it was understanding why New York leads the entire nation in out-migration and coming with specific proposals. How do we take back our streets? So when we were talking about you know, uh, whether it's 
reversing, overhauling cashless bail and some of these other pro-criminal laws and removing weak district attorneys who refuse to enforce the law, uh, backing our men and women in blue. The the dozens of different proposals, for example, to make sure that law-abiding New Yorkers are in charge of New York streets instead of criminals. I mean, we came with specific ideas so that people who are supporting us you know, they weren't just out there saying, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm voting for Lee Zeldin because I hate Kathy Hochul. You know, there are people out there who would be able to articulate – many, 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 many people would be able to tell you why they were voting for us, um, you know, what specifically we stood for. Uh, and, and I thank a whole lot of people for helping to get that message out so that people understood exactly what we stood for. This was not a campaign that was just – you know, based off of anti the other person. Right, which a lot of campaigns are. So just a yes or no will suffice here. And I don't want to move past this guy, but if you had the chance to do if, it over if, again. If the question is whether or not I could get in a Peter Luger's the answer is still no. <laughs> no, you'll get in now. I, mean, you, I think you don't even realize how popular you are. I mean, people really, they were, they were in mourning yesterday. Lee, I swear to God, that's how much people love you. But uh, one more time, if you had the chance not to take the endorsement from President Trump, yes or no? Would, would you change that? I wouldn't change anything. You wouldn't change anything? Fine. Good answer. No, Perfect. I, don't, Good. I, don't, I, would not, I would not change anything about how we, we ran the campaign, the messages that we were focused on, the, the decision to get in. Nothing. Uh, I'm really happy and yeah. I'm proud of, of the team and also all the candidates. Um, you know, the statewide candidates, we had a great slate. They campaigned hard. And then the, all the candidates out there for Congress and state legislature, uh, it was it was really a, a good team, good message all around. Agreed. Zero regrets. Now, you know, you, you talk about the other uh, candidates, Lee, and I know you're too humble to take the credit. But the truth is, uh, uh, flipping four congressional seats here in New York, two out there on Long Island, Lee, by you, I can't help but think that all happened because your name was at the top of the ticket. I know you're going to fall short of taking credit, but you have to take solace, if not some real joy, in the fact that there you are at the top and all these Republicans won here in New York. Well, there's an important lesson for campaigns that will be run in the future, the need to run as one team and one ticket. What ends up happening when you run together is that our efforts will bring our voters out in their districts, which help them. Their efforts will bring their voters out, which will help us. And when you, in, in politics, when you're aligned with people who share common values and goals and you choose to run as a team, it just lifts up all boats. And, and that's what happened across the state. And it's not, you know, it's not that, uh, you know, I'm saying that, you know, that somebody who wins, you know, a house race, uh, should be saying that they you know would not have won if not for you know I'm not one of those people right um what what I'm what I would say though is a big thank you from me to them for running being great candidates running great campaigns and I'm sure that in all of their districts I got more votes because they were on the ballot that's the product of running as a team Damn, you are a uh, really a team player, Lee. You really are a super guy. Lee Zeldin here joining us this morning after a tremendous fight and a great campaign in his run for governor here in the state of New York. He said some things about Kathy Hochul in your concession speech because I think you did feel that way, and you're, you're a decent man. But uh, in your heart of hearts, uh, completely honest here, okay, completely honest, do you have any real, any real confidence 
that she is going to change anything for the better here in the state of New York? You know, I uh, it, that's up to her. And what she needs to do uh, is is break away from people who helped her. They helped, they saved her at the end. I mean, the, the New York uh, the, the State Working Families Party might deserve the most amount of credit from an organization standpoint to to get her across the finish line to get out the votes out of the city. Uh, there are some labor unions. Uh, that really stepped up uh, at the end uh, organizationally to help get her votes out. And, you know, what happens is, you know, in, in politics, you end up feeling like you, uh, oh, uh, you owe something to these people who helped you out. Now, everybody's wired differently. And I'm not going to speak for how, you know, how she's waking up this morning as to, you know, who she owes. We we had a pleasant conversation uh, yesterday. It was brief. I offered to help however I possibly can to call on me as a as a resource. Uh, and the reality here is that you have just over three million people who voted for one candidate, and just under three million people who voted for another candidate. And when you want to be the governor of New York, you're running to be the governor for all New Yorkers. And there are millions of people who didn't vote for her. They certainly didn't help her win the race, but they have. I believe the better ideas on stuff like fighting crime and securing our streets. Now, she shouldn't feel like there's, you know, she's on an island or or in the wilderness. Um, I would I would make two arguments. One is there are Democrats who want to give judges discretion to weigh dangerousness, whether it's Mayor Adams in the city, Bob Duffy, former lieutenant governor, he's in the Rochester area. Uh, he was. The, uh, the lieutenant governor for the first four years of Andrew Cuomo. There are a bunch of Democrats who want to make changes uh, to secure our streets. So she she has Democrat allies. Secondly, is the Working Families Party did a lot to help her, but in many respects that was self-preservation. It was a gubernatorial election. They're trying to get as many votes on their line as possible because if they don't get enough, then they cease to exist as a party. So. You know, I would not be waking up this morning saying that you, you know, that you owe them where you know, you now have to pass the next pro-criminal law that they're advocating <laughs> for. You have to push back on that. Uh, the people of New York are desperate for it. And lastly, you're going to have a whole lot of people continuing to leave the state if you don't quickly turn it around. Uh, so, you know, as far as measurement and success goes, if she doesn't change her ways on you know, a lot, especially as we were just talking about in fighting crime, but you know the economic, the tax and spend policies, energy policies, and more. What's going to happen is you're going to have some stat coming out, you know, in a year or two years, where you're going to be measuring how New York is, you know, continuing to lead the nation in population loss, or is 50 out of 50 in business climate, or you know, first in this tax, or you know, whatever the stat is. That becomes more and more on you. Do you want your legacy to be the person who was the governor when, you know, New York dot, 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 you know, and you fill in with the negative possibilities here? Uh, so from, from that standpoint, you just you have to get to work, put together a coalition of support that can't be relying on the Working Families Party because I, I really do believe the Working Families Party would enthusiastically 
uh, be fast-tracking a erosion of a lot that already has taken many hits in the state. Well said, Lee Zeldin. You know, you talked about labor unions and folks backing Kathy Hochul. Um, I'm sure you weren't angry. That's not your demeanor, not your personality. But how disappointed were you with Pat Lynch and that group? Well, you know, as far as the NYPD officers go, uh, you know, maybe we got 95-plus percent. I mean, it was strong, passionate uh, support from the NYPD officers. And, you know, as far as decisions that, you know, are made at the uh, at the top, uh, you know, listen, I, I, I believe that we should have been out there campaigning together, um, but that decision – was was made not to and there you know there are a few whether it's people or groups uh that that are out there where they make that strategic decision not to uh you know i'm a military guy and you know there's it's one thing to be in a foxhole with someone Hmm. um but what's even tougher is when it's time to get out of the foxhole in advance and i just spent 19 months advancing from a foxhole to to do everything in my power to you know be able to you know to take the hill and save the state and even if someone is in my foxhole if they're refusing to come out of it it's it, it makes it impossible in a state like this to be able to you know win these races so yeah like listen there are a few people out there who just decided that they weren't going to help take the hill and as a consequence you're unable to accomplish the mission and then you you know you're stuck with the consequences of that so you know it, that that aspect of it it's probably more disappointing for you know members in his ranks than it would be for for me um and as far as why i mean that's a decision for for him i have a lot of i've i've always had a lot of uh, respect uh for pat lynch um you know he's he's someone who you know he's a he's a a good leader he's you know he's someone who you know he he's always there for the families of the fallen uh he's always looking out for the men and women in his ranks uh he just decided on this particular one not to help us take the hill and that's unfortunate you did mention uh you served this country you did proudly one of the many qualities you have so uh, ahead of tomorrow let me wish you a happy veterans day because it is folks like you that continue to allow us to have freedoms like this like you and i discussing this election right here so thank you so much for your service have you heard from mayor eric adams since uh, tuesday's results i i haven't no is that disappointing I, I honestly, I don't have the, the emotion that is consuming me right now is is not, um, you know, it's 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 not disappointment as as far as like you know who who hasn't called. Right. So um, what, so what, so what it, is it? Talk about that. The exact emotion that's consuming you right now. What is that exactly? Yeah, and I would and I would just say you know like some people in their defense like they don't want to reach out right afterwards because they know that i'm getting bombarded you know like there are a lot of texts and calls and emails so for anyone who's going to reach out you know they decide okay you know i'll reach out on thursday instead of wednesday it's not like i'm sitting here oh my gosh you haven't called me yet please actually you're doing me a favor because there's you know there's been enough people (laughs) reaching out and and i'm grateful for everybody reaching out i'm not complaining about it um so that you know that's my thought on that you know, as far as the the emotion goes I, i'm i'm very proud of the effort of our team there were thousands of volunteers 
tens of thousands, many, many, many tens of thousands of, uh, don- of small dollar donations that came in. Uh, we ran uh, a campaign that was defined on the, the substantive positions. Uh, there-, there was a clear choice and option that was placed to voters in New York. Um, <clears throat> as a result, I-, I feel like voters all across the state for the first time in a long time, regardless of whatever district you lived in, uh, there was the clearest sense of of purpose and, and reason to get involved in the campaign and to show up and vote. Uh, I love our country. I would take a, a bullet for, to defend our country. I'm in my 20th year in the Army, and I, uh, I, I love it. My, my service in the military is something that I'm far prouder of than you know any other job I'll, I'll ever have. Um, and just to see so many people, I mean, to have almost, you know, three million people showing up and voting for us, I mean, there was no apathy. Um, people, you know, had a renewed uh, level of, of energy and enthusiasm and participation in the process. And, and I'm one of those people who just wants everybody to get involved. And whether you vote for me or you don't vote for me, uh, it's it's not like that. I'm not trying to suppress um, people to not show up on November 8th if they don't want to vote for me. Obviously, if you're if you're asking me, hey, you know, I have a choice of two people, and you can only allow one of them, right. uh, you know, to, to show up. I mean, yeah. listen, if you really wanted to get into a you know real Machiavellian view of uh, you know of politics and life and polit- and uh, and these elections, it's just a, a very different strategic conversation, but. I love to see people participating. And so I, as far as the emotion goes, we left it all out on a field. We truly don't have any regrets. I uh, ran a campaign that we're, that we're proud of, and we're not going anywhere. I mean, we're, uh, we have a lot, lot of work to do, and I really do hope that while I'm not expecting those controlling Albany, you know, to have some epiphany where all of a sudden the pendulum is just – swinging back in January because it's still going to be one party rule. I hope that somewhere in this, they understand the will of the people on any of what we're talking about and start moderating positions on anything, because there are a whole lot of people who are are going to leave the state and never look back. And that's a really serious issue and i know that we did everything in our power during this campaign uh to change the direction of the state to save our state and again we're not going anywhere you certainly did so wrapping up this uh, great conversation uh when we found out the results on wednesday morning my wife danielle you know well she said to me so what does lee do next and i said you know i i don't know what lee does next so here he is lee zeldin what do you do next I'm, I'm going to be getting a job making you fresh coffee every morning. <laughs> it, it would be a privilege. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, you're a guy who doesn't necessarily need coffee, but it would be my honor. <laughs> you're right. I don't need coffee. You're right about that. But uh, so you're, you're not even sure yet. You, you know, this is just this is all new. You're still you're probably still in the campaign mode in your head. You haven't even considered what to do next yet, right? I could go be a, I could go be a, a bus boy or dishwasher <laughs> at Peter Luger's. That'll get me in the door. That'll get you in the door, there's no doubt. Well, listen, I speak on behalf of uh, millions of New Yorkers, three million nearly, 
who voted for you, Lee, and we're all really proud of you. Just a tremendous race. I don't believe anybody, anybody could have done a better job. Your campaign was smart. You were on the point. You destroyed her in that one debate that you had. And I think at the end of the day, just my opinion, the numbers in this state for Democrats don't go well for Republicans. And that's the only reason why you lost, not because of your performance or your policy. So congratulations on a great campaign and uh, keep fighting, my friend. I think you're awesome. Uh, Thank you, Sid. Take care. I look forward to next time. Me too. There he is, folks. Congressman Lee Zeldin. And uh, I was one of those uh, guys, those jerks who actually like text him like an hour later. Hey, you want to come on? <laughs> I'm one of those guys. He's like, I appreciate it if you gave me a couple of days. That wasn't me. It was like an hour. But uh, Lee did, in fact, come on. So thank you for that. I guess we'll take a short break. Lee, that was fantastic. Not good. Fantastic. Take a short break. We'll come back. Lots more to do on a Thursday morning with me, Sid, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to Phone blowing up here. Andrew Giuliani and Lee himself and my buddy Anthony over at the garage. Love that conversation. Special thanks to Lee Zeldin for doing that. Again, he's um, he admitted that he's getting tons and tons of messages and not paying attention to all of them. And he did get right back to me. In fact, his girl Katie, who's a sweetheart, texted me at 12.15 a.m. this morning. So I sleep at the phone in the bed with me, along with my beautiful naked wife, hey now. And uh, because my alarm goes off at like uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I want to be able to shut it off right away because I don't want to wake up Danielle, you know. So when somebody texts me that late, it wakes me up. So Katie woke me up at about 12.15, and she's like, hey, if you want Lee tomorrow, you can have him. I said, oh, my God, of course. I think we're the first one. It doesn't matter. We're the best one, but I think we're the first two. So she made that happen. You know, Bernie used to do that to me all the time. He would only text me at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning because that's when he was up. He had these uh, weird hours, Bernard, which probably killed him more than the cancer did. This guy would uh, sleep all day and get up at, like, midnight and start working until 6 o'clock in the morning, and he'd text me at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. We're like, Bernie, you know, uh, <laughs> You vampire? I mean, geez. And now I get up early, 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 much earlier. I used to get up and, like, don't forget, I lived in the Upper West Side, so my cab ride in with Gene was like 15 minutes, and Bernie was doing half the work. So I would get up in the 4 o'clock hour. Now that I do all the work and I'm living in Queens and Freddie's driving me and not Gene, I get up in the 3 o'clock hour, closer to 3 than 3.30. Ah, boo-hoo. Shut up. Join the club. 
You don't get up at three because you're late every day. I, I get up at. I have to take an hour you subway. You son of a bitch! You're late every day. I take an hour day. subway and walk two miles. Yeah, whatever. Justin, how is it possible? And if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll apologize to you right now, Phil. I'm not like Donald Trump in that respect. Is he not late every day? Uh, yeah, pretty That's much. A, yeah. No, it's yeah. not. I was here an hour early on Monday, and yeah, I was here thirty day. minutes. Yeah. I was here thirty minutes early yesterday. Yeah, yeah. why is that? Why, no, in all seriousness, why this week, particularly? You have it because it's uh, my first week living in New York, so I'm learning the subway. Got an apartment, uh, apartment in Brooklyn. Wait a second. Yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah. No. So oh. you're not in Jersey anymore. No, I just no. moved. So now he really has no excuse of being late. No, so I have If he takes the train in. Today's excuse was that my subway got delayed. That's possible. Oh, come on. It's not delayed an hour. No, yeah, it, no it, it, got, it got delayed by 20 could minutes. Be. Yeah. Now, where do you live in Brooklyn? In Bushwick. Get out of here. What do you yeah. take? Do you take the L or the M? I take the L. And, and you now, should take the M. The M runs faster, bro. It's, it's, for, it's further. You're right about that. Yeah, but you could walk to the M. It'll still, it'll still, you'll get on the train. Justin, quicker. are you the one that's walking in Bushwick alone at three uh, thirty in the morning? But why would you move that's there? Safer in the first than Midtown place. Manhattan. At but this, hold this on, point. why would you move there in the first place? Because I need a place to live. And the apartments are cheap, obviously. No, it's not cheap. Right. I mean, you're a dead man. You're a dead man. You're dead man walking. No, just it's a matter of not time. that bad. Dead man walking. Did you take your girlfriend with you to Bushwick? No, she lives in. She's no dummy. She's still in the Paraparamis or something. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So you you got your own apartment. You got a bunch of the general. With friends, no, I got. I have uh, two roommates. Two, uh, both guys. Yeah. Uh huh. Sounds like a nightmare, huh? I mean, it just it sounds gay and dirty and. Sounds like gross. you're up. You're up late at Checking night doing weird things that you probably shouldn't. They're not doing anything weird. No. I, listen, here's where I'll stick up for Phil. If you think watching the Denver Nuggets play the Phoenix Suns is weird, which I do, yeah, that's what they're doing. That's it's very weird. Totally yeah, last weird. night I watched. They're, they're, not, like, they're not playing. A, so, you know, Twister. Yeah, but it's like, the, it's like the way they're watching it. They're like filling out the box score. <laughs> of course they are. You know, yeah. It's like weird. How many points you got for Jokic tonight over there, uh, Willie? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what are the names of these? Uh, foot wed. Well, what's his field goal percentage? <laughs> yeah. What are the names of these reprobates that uh, live with you? Am I allowed to? I don't, I don't know if they feel comfortable. Just say do their it. first names, do damn it. it. Just one, give one up his fake names, Phil. That's how you right. do it. One of them's oh. name is. Uh, hold on. <laughs> How do you know these people? I met them online. John oh, Warren. my God. You met them online and you yeah. live with them in Bushwick? Craigslist. You're a dead man. You yeah. are. The funny part is he's now using his new apartment as an excuse to leave early every day. I know. It's no, out of it's control. I, I have a burst pipe the first I, week. I don't know. Well, my in, pipe, I've heard about my intercom is broken. Do you know all the problems that I've had in my apartment and not right, one of them has warranted an early leave? Roach-filled, rat-infested I could only imagine this building you moved into. It's actually nice. No, it's not. I have my own bathroom. This is an ID channel story waiting to happen. Mm. <laughs> mm. Man, yeah. I miss those days when you had roommates and mess all over. Yeah. And, what, what kind of food do you eat mostly at night in there? I haven't eaten a meal in four days. You order pizza, Chinese food, no, something like, like that? I got like a burrito. How, how, many TVs you have in, how many TVs do you have? I have a TV in my own room. You have your own TV? Yes. Right. So if you want to watch porn, you have to watch it with your buddies out there in the living room. Yeah, right. I have my own TV. <laughs> what a horror okay, show. Okay, great. Oh yeah. Because Phil's watching porn on his TV. That's, that's, that's how he's watching. I have a 50. What else would I be just casting it on like a 60-inch TV? I bought a projector hey. for what? Uh, you yeah. got to admit, it's a lot better on there. That's true. Traffic and sports are coming up next, but right now it's time for the 77 WABC Depends, clip of the day. Depends what kind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, this is why we get Lee Zeldin first right here. Don't kid yourself, folks. Yeah. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Did you cut out the part earlier where um, George Napolitano said it was very, very popular? Still thinking about that. I mean, here we have these epic conversations with Lee Zeldin, which people should be playing on their shows all day. I don't care what show it is. Kill me, Greg Kelly, even John. You should just play my interview with Lee Zeldin. It was that good. Um, and Bill O'Reilly was tremendous, too. Tremendous. Everybody was great, but um, I go back to and, and Curtis. I mean, Curtis, that was... That was like a Broadway show. I mean that. That was like a Broadway show. It was delivered and written so brilliantly that I can't say en- enough nice things about Curtis. That but would be a good second thing if he ever thought about it. I'm serious. Broadway, right? Curtis? Like Springsteen did it. Curtis yeah. can do it. He's great at that stuff. He really, theater of the mind, he understands that. That's why he's a great radio guy. Let me explain to you, <laughs> my audience. He'd be great like Caesar, exactly, like Julius Caesar. Um, Is that a cell phone that's on? <laughs> <laughs> Look at him in the fourth oh. row. Everybody get him. <laughs> but the judge uh, did say this morning, uh, very early, that he um, he's honored to be on the show because I'm so popular. He said that. Did he say that? He said it's. He said something about it, an honor. Yes. But he no, did. He, he did. He you, said he, it, yes. He said I was very popular. He said, please, uh, I always enjoy it when you ask me to come on. So please. But why did he say that? He said uh, uh, because you're popular. you're a genius and you're popular. Don't feed into why, it, Lou. Like, no, no. Wait a second. Why are you like so? It's like pulling teeth. Up. That I didn't say it. Judge Napolitano said it. And afterwards, point. you're like. Oh, my God, he should come on all the time. He's great, and he obviously loves you. I but now you're so hesitant to say it. I'm rubbing it in. I'm not hesitating. I'm not hesitating. We get it. He He's, said it. He to... said it. It's going to be mandatory The way Lou repeated it, I swear to God, it was like he was having cramps. It was a lot nicer than what I would have done. I would have lied through my teeth and said he well, said you, you, you hate it when people compliment me. I hate it when people compliment anyone except for me. <laughs> It's just it, like the constant. Like I don't just. I just don't like seeing people flourish. I think. But I compliment you all the time. So, I know. And, I, I I appreciate it. And which, let me say this. This is why the, I don't return the compliment. This is the God's honest truth. I often compliment you. This is the truth. When you've done nothing worth complimenting, I mean nothing. See, and I appreciate that. Oftentimes, at the end of the show, I'll say, "Great job, Phil," and I don't even know what the hell you did. I, like when John Katzmatidi sits me down and says. I notice. I love the show. I listen every day. And he does. John and Margo, I, you know, they text me all the time. They love the show. And when he sits me down and goes, I got to tell you, this, this, kid, this kid, Bill, you, you really love him. Why? I'm going to be like, I don't know. I don't know, John. Is he really going to sit but, you uh, down and do that? Yeah, he oh, may. Right. But I'm going to ask for a raise anyway for Bill. Oh. oh. I'm going to say, listen. he needs a raise. And he's going to say, but you don't even know why you like him. I'm going to be, that's true. But Listen, I, well, Judge Napolitano, you're saying you're popular. I, I have to agree. <laughs> there we go. You're there the, we go. Got the best radio up. show yeah. in the morning. Listen, man, it's, a, it's such a good show. I'm glad to be a part well, of wait it. Wait a second. No, no, don't do that. I show some Sid pride. Yeah. What do you show some pride? How, much, mo- how much money could you possibly need sharing an apartment with three guys in, like, the worst neighborhood in Brooklyn? How much money could you possibly need? Yeah, I don't I, think it's not the worst I've been keeping It's close. To save money, I've been keeping track of how much money I've spent so far. Yeah. And since I moved in on Sunday, I've spent $24. Yeah, because... You, you Altogether, see, on no, everything. I, I believe that I'm because like, you, you don't drink, you don't drug, you don't gamble, you don't frequent don't prostitutes. You're the complete opposite of Lou. I drink. What? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't drink? I do drink. 
Oh, you do? But I have it. I just don't get the time really working this, like, you know. He looked hung over today. Did you see him? No, no. that's just from, oh. that's not, see, that's not, it, that's not alcohol looked. hangover. That's, it's, that's okay. Bucks Thunder double overtime hangover. That's what that was. You hear this? Oh, this is, I know. Look. I'm, I'm so, I'm, I feel sad. No, but listen, he's going to have children one day. That's the beauty of all <laughs> no, this. Maybe, don't, maybe not. Don't wish that upon <laughs> me. No. Uh, what did you take, uh, Phil, from the Lee Zeldin conversation? What was oh, your... listen, there's lots to take. <laughs> There's lots to leave. <laughs> I left most of it. <laughs> most of it was left. Yeah. Were you mad that at some point I didn't ask him about the Denver Nuggets? Or the I, I felt Utah you were going to get to the Yeah, I thought you were going to get to the You know, yeah. Jokic just had a slower start this season. He needs yeah. a back-to-back MVP. You expect <laughs> right. a little bit more. But, you know, I thought you were going to get to it. You didn't. But, you know, he, he's a, he has a lot of you know, valu- valuable time. I, I don't expect <laughs> no. you to get <laughs> every question. But right you should have. <laughs> you should have. It would have been. Listen, it would have been a funny question to ask him. All right. Mm-hmm. No, now you have to switch your. You registered in New Jersey. Now you live in New York. Are yeah, you? I, I missed the cutoff too, so I didn't vote in either. Right, but aren't you going to want to vote for like Eric Adams? Yeah, in the you know if in I'm the still future. Alive by then, if I'm not no. pushed in front of a subway, no, train, you'll be then... fine. Stop it. Well, I don't know. No, your no, neighborhood, you could be no. killed anytime. Yes, that's no. true. There's nowhere so One eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Talking about the mayor, Eric Adams. Tonight's the night, folks. We're talking about this for a long time. It's going to happen later on tonight in Brooklyn, not in Bushwick, but in Brooklyn. Sid Rosenberg, Danielle Rosenberg, and Mayor Eric Adams will come back and wrap it up with thoughts on that. And tomorrow, you're going to want to be here at 6 a.m., trust me. Hear how it all went down. Wrapping up a huge Thursday edition right after this. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Overkill. Rudy Giuliani just called me, and uh, he's in New Hampshire. He's on my cell just now. That's why he's on the phone. Yeah. He was a bit late. So he's streaming live tonight at 8 o'clock. Check him out. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. He's already getting ready for election 2024, he said. The midterms are behind us. Getting ready for 2024. Make sure you watch Rudy Giuliani, 8 o'clock tonight. He'll be streaming live. He'll be back in New York later from New Hampshire and join us tomorrow at 740. Write that down, Phil. Rudy Giuliani, 7.40 tomorrow. All right, now I need to learn how to read and write. But okay, yeah, I, I know you I'll do. I love that song. Men at Work, you know, they, uh, they're from Australia too, right, Lou? Correct. They had like three good hits, I guess, right? Overkill. Let's count them. Hmm. Maybe two only. What was the other big one they had? Who can it be now? 
Oh, that was a good song. Who can it be now? Stupid Down Under song. Man, that was a, you know, that was a hit. I didn't love it. It was stupid. So they had like three hits. That's it. I think they were an 82 band, too. I think too. that guy is touring, too, the uh, singer. He's what? The, the guy is touring. Uh, oh, he uh, is? Colin. Colin. Uh, hey. 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 He tours without the band now, but he does Bennett Work songs? Yeah, I think so, because I think yeah. he wrote them. He probably did write them, yeah. Okay. They were an 82 band, I think. I get confused with them in Asia. Asia had like two great songs, too. That was it. Heat of the Moment and um, on Only Time Will Tell. Both great songs. Those are the days. <laughs> I, I, I do. I watch this VH1 show all the time, Lou, the hits of the early 80s. Where is that on? Like um, Saturday night sometime, late. Okay. They have this uh, cute girl on who wears like the clothing and the whole thing. Okay. And uh, get a chance to hear, like, Boy George, Karma Chameleon, and all that stupid stuff that I used to love. Anyway, a great show today. The guests were terrific, from Lee Zeldin to Bill O'Reilly to, um, I don't want to miss anybody here, to Curtis Sliwa. Judge. Judge Napolitano, all great. Lewis, what, what can I say? You're my guy. You're my right-hand man. You're great. Fantastic. Macedonia Phil, there's an award. That'll be a name for you one day. I don't know what it is yet, but Sitting that's how good there, you are. Sure. I didn't yeah. do anything. I simply did not do anything. Justin Ellick, you were great today. Deb Valentine, tremendous work today, Deb. Great stuff. Frankie Diaz, Noam Laid, the whole crew. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for a big Friday show and a big Veterans Day show. That's right, Veterans Day tomorrow. Folks, enjoy your Thursday in New York City from all of us to all of you. Until tomorrow at 6. Good night, Bernard. Night after night, my heartbeat shows.